everyone. Hi, hello. It's me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with my old friend, Bald Brian, a.k.a. Brian Bishop. Hello and welcome. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me on. It's so good to see you. I feel like um, we're new best friends again. It's isn't it? It's like we've renewed our best friendship. <laughs> this should the episode be called "Allison Rosen is your new best friend" again. Again. Yeah. Uh, so, for any listeners who maybe don't know who you are, although. I don't know what rock they've been under. <laughs> you Thank are. You. I, need, I needed that. <laughs> sound effects guy and uh, long, long time sound effects guy and sidekick mm-hmm. from the Adam Carolla show. Yep. You and I used to work together. Correct. You are an author. You wrote the book Shrinkage about your battle with brain cancer. This is true. You're a recent father. Your this daughter just turned one. One as of a few days ago. Congratulations. Thanks. And you co-host Film Vault. Correct. Podcast. What am I missing? Not much. Then um, we are done. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, Dodge talking to you. <laughs> uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but I'm, nothing comes to mind. Right. So um, it's been, let's see, it's been a couple years. It's been over a couple years since it's between two and three since I've seen you. It's I think been a while. the last time we hung out was when you were on the film vault. Right. Recently after uh, you left the Corolla show. Right. So after I left. After, after, you, depart- <laughs> after you left us in the dust. Uh, you were a guest on the film vault, but we have kept in touch via text many times since yes. then. I don't know if people know that. I, do you ever talk about that on your show? Has it ever come up? Pe- well, people want to know, do I stay in touch with people mm. from there? And for the most part, not many people except you. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about um, pregnancy and uh, uh, new parenthood and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. So how's everything going? Everything, everything, everything's great. Um, parenthood, as I'm sure uh, you know, is it's everything that cracked. It's everything is cracked up to be. It's it's hard, but it's amazing, and it's life changing, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Most mostly good for sure. Um, everything that is bad mostly falls under the annoying, frustrating. Like nothing about I. I I'm not going to speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. Nothing about parenthood is bad. It's some things are frustrating, some things are annoying, and some things are hard. But mm-hmm. nothing—it's it, amazing. It's uh, I Christy didn't need to be sold on parenthood, but she wasn't—you know—she wasn't, you know, she wasn't uh, super excited about it before we got pregnant. But mm-hmm. like, it's a uh, there's a real there there is a real um, nature takes hold. You know what I mean? Like she 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 loved Tessa much more than she loves me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she she's you know put on this earth to be a mom and she's a terrific mom and a uh, great wife and um, it's very exciting it's really fun. I've found the transition to motherhood to be rocky in terms of the work mom life sure. balance. The nuts and bolts of it all yes. are are the logistics are yes. it's yes and, so way, way to, well put and I think. Because I'm like, no one tells you about that. But the truth is, I think everyone tells you about it, but it's, you just don't hear it. Sure, because you're in your world 100% of the time, literally. So you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing just fine. I'm going to work and I have fun with my friends, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, no, this will be priority number one. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. 
Yeah. And like I, baby's sick, that everything else comes second. Right. And I was like, having a puppy is really hard. How could having a baby be so much harder? Mm-hmm. Boy, did I eat my words. Yeah. I didn't, because yeah. oh, I didn't yeah. realize. You set that puppy down for a good couple hours. Yes. <laughs> well, I used to say, but, but a puppy is mobile and a baby isn't. Yep. But what I didn't realize is you don't have to tend to a puppy at the minimum, at minimum of every two hours. Yes. Yeah, so the baby cries. If, if they're napping at a stretch, that's terrific. But otherwise, they're constant tending to. It's funny because p- people <laughs> people say, "Oh, once they get mobile, it's a whole new." Uh, it's like, well, it's not. A, it's not. It's not better or worse. It's just a different set of problems, right. issues. You know, it's like right. when they're immobile, you got to constantly move them around and and w- hold their neck and feed them and blah blah. And it's like that gets easier, but then they get mobile and then they're all over the place. So right. it's, you're trading one set of uh, uh, vagaries for another. So have you always wanted to have kids? I I was I always assumed I always assumed that I would have kids I would have a family uh, it was never like a let's hurry up and do this but um, obviously my health issues put that not even on the back burner that just wasn't on the table for mm-hmm. many years um, that just wasn't even a conversation with Christy and I you know the conversation was. Um, so incremental, like, uh, um, do your listeners know? We talked about that I'm a cancer survivor. I listen, right. I listen, if your listeners don't know, I had a very, very, very serious uh, bout with brain cancer and still actually technically have a brain tumor. Um, because it's inoperable. It's inoperable yeah. yeah. So uh, for a long, and this was when we were engaged. And so for a long time, uh, the conversation the kids weren't just weren't a realistic conversation. It was, am I going to live to see my next birthday? And then once starting a little better, it's like, well, are we going to, should we start making plans for the future? And then it was like, we should get a dog. And then it was, we should, should we buy a house? Yeah, we should buy a house. Like everything was incremental. And by the time I reached, we reached our mid to late thirties, it was like a combination of now's the time, you know, biologically, uh, to give us the best chance. Otherwise it gets pretty hard as, you know, as you know, the, the stats shown, as you probably know from, you're just talking to doctors and stuff. Um, but then well, on I top think of my listeners know who followed along my infertility, fertility journey. Yeah. As it, well. it, gets it gets difficult. Extra- precipitously. Yeah. Difficult. Um, and, uh, so that, and then, uh, yeah, as we got older, but, um, I lost my train of thought. I was asking, have you always wanted kids? And you were saying that like, Perhaps, but it took such a back burner. Yeah, yeah. Because what, what, the increment. Yes. Like the well, when every, you every, every advancement in our life, every adult advancement that adults go through, um, was very incremental for us. And right. The kid thing, it became like, yeah, we should. I mean, we don't know what the future holds, but things look good for now, and I, let's let's go ahead and try this. Christy will have a different perspective on this. You should have Christy on the show sometime. I well, so you guys both came on when your book came out. Yeah, that's right. And that was I was just re-listening to that um oh, wow. such a great interview oh good you guys are just it's just amazing how much you're a team and how open you are with each other mm. and like what you've been through and the fact that you're still going strong is that came out weird it almost suggested that i no i know what you're saying you know I, what i'm saying i know like, you're you've saying been through hell it's funny you say it that way because when I was first diagnosed and we were engaged, um, a, a, more than one person asked Christy, like point blank, are you going to stay with him? <laughs> I don't know if this came up in the last, I don't remember this came up in the last. I don't think it, it did. It, but but she was like, of course, this is the guy I'm going to marry. But like to a lot of people, that makes a lot of sense. Like, well, he's got this, you know, uh, potentially, you know, lethal, you know, brain cancer. Are you going to stay with him? He's like, of course, this is my husband. So mm. um, you're not, 
you're not out of uh, completely off base thinking that a lot of people think that way. Well, I wasn't even meaning it in the sort of it would be a conscious thought of like, fuck this, I'm out of here, mm. as much as oftentimes when something comes along that tests a relationship to such a degree, mm-hmm. it just affects the couple in unpredictable ways. Yeah, you're when right. You're on the it, other it, side. It, of it. it is a real, is a real um, gauntlet, right? Say, a real proving ground. But so anyway, when you guys were on the show, mm-hmm. um, Christy talked about how when you are in the throes of taking care of someone with cancer, you or any serious illness, I suppose, yeah, 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 you take life not day by day, not hour by hour, but minute by minute. And she's like, for people who haven't been through it, you, this probably won't make sense. But if you have, if you have been through it, it it'll make perfect sense to you that it's really minute by minute. So to what you're you were just saying, I could imagine if it's minute by minute, you can't even begin to talk about kids. Yeah, you're th- yes, that's what I meant by incremental. Like literally, early on, it was like, okay, how's today going to go? Okay, today one. Okay, let's. How's tomorrow going to go? And then once you got able to see a little past that fog the immediate fog of how's tomorrow gonna go like i remember the first the first real step we took towards towards any kind of normal future was was getting our dog charlie Mm -hmm. and that was like all right we can we can dip our toe in the water of normal uh and and see how life goes for the next you know however long this dog is going to be part of our lives and of course he's still with us and it's you know that was a real a real uh living symbol uh, of our sort of you know diving headfirst into the future trepidatiously definitely you know nervously but uh still like saying okay this could be okay let's see how it goes and then every little thing after that you know um i'm buying a house and uh uh get, get leasing a car every every car lease is like oh, let's see how, this is gonna go but no, i'm joking about that but you know getting pregnant and all that stuff it's it's uh it's it takes a lot of faith i remember you mentioning a big uh poignant moment for you was buying a new pack of razors yeah it was and that was early on i think it was actually before it was definitely oh, i was absolutely before the dog this was early on i think i just gotten diagnosed and um right because when you were diagnosed you were given six months to a year yeah, was the exact quote by the first doctor by the first doctor and uh i remember we went to costco because we just needed to get organized and you know as one does when they're you know i, I don't know if, if uh, you or daniel did this when you guys got pregnant i say you guys when you guys got pregnant but um i was like it's going to be very overwhelming when we first get this baby home. So I want to get everything in like in order now. Like I wanted to get like all the, of course the nursery mm-hmm. and everything, but like I wanted to like organize the garage, like things that I didn't yes, want you hanging get over. This incredible nesting impulse. Yeah. I didn't want things hanging over our head that were unfinished yeah. while we were going through this chaos of brand new parent. Right. Um, that's going to be difficult enough. So similarly, we went to Costco after I got diagnosed just to get like our house in order, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I was, um, Holding a pack of razor blades, I need a new razor blades. Holding a pack of Gillette Mach Three razor blades in my hand, of course at Costco, it's like a fifty pack. And I'm like, I'm looking at these and doing the math of how often I shave and how often I change the blades. And I was like, I'll be dead by the time I use all these. <laughs> and I kind of caught myself, and I was like, it's funny, but it's also not funny. Like I really, if I really do, if I if I put this back on the shelf and I go to CVS and get the five pack because I'm afraid it'll outlive my razors, I'm kind of giving in a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, to just just. Of course, there's nothing you know based in science or or, or medicine, but I, I knew that I'd be spiritually kind of giving in to the, just the the the, the fate accompli of what, what what I was facing, and so uh, I symbolically I bought those razor blades and I still have them. <laughs> Were you scared? Uh, 
Yeah, I think so. Nervous, scared, ang- anxious for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted to get treatment underway. I remember just the f- four or five days between, you know, the when I met with my doctor that I stayed with and the time we started treatment. It might have been three days, but those were anxious days. I was like, let's get this fucking show on the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because well, so- doing nothing is the worst feeling. Mm-hmm. Like when you're just waiting and knowing that like this is just time I could be doing something. Right. Right. Did you get depressed? I don't think so. No, I don't think I had time to get depressed because it all happened so quickly. And then after that, after I, I went into treatment so fast that, and it was radiation on my brainstem and it was chemotherapy. It was all that stuff. So I was overwhelmed by the treatment pretty fast. And I never really, I definitely got bummed out, but I don't know if you would, I don't know if you could, I, I would, I don't know if I would, um, uh, uh, use the word depressed. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I would, insult the people who've actually suffered from clinical mm. depression because I don't think I had that. Christy definitely went through some emotional stuff because she was clear headed and she had got to, you know, she had to sit and watch this happen to the, you know, man she ostensibly loved me. Uh, and I was at least, at least, you know, had the, the, the ironic uh, benefit of being radiated, you know? So I was, I was not, I was foggy. It wasn't like people ask what radiation's like. And it wasn't like, um, I was, it wasn't like, I don't have a memory of everything. Like I, I, I was, I was there, I was present, but it was foggy. It was, it was, everything was overwhelming. It's like being in Vegas. It's like being drunk in Vegas all the time where everything's overwhelming and every light is too bright and every mm-hmm. sound is too loud. Like it's not debilitating. It's more just like exhausting, you know? And the actual mechanism that causes that, is that because some of your brain has been like burned? burned. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Also as my, oh, Yes, that's part of it. And also my, my doctor explained to me after the fact um, where my tumor was and how my brain re- reacted to the radiation, there was a tremendous amount of swelling, which is why I had such limited movies on my left side. Uh, I was on a walker for many months, a wheelchair for a short period of time. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was, it was, that was debilitating. That mm-hmm. part was. So. This in- is going great. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, I wanted to have you on to talk about happy stuff. Sure. Uh, in the midst of all this, though, can when... I, can I hold your kid again? To <laughs> <laughs> be cheered up. Uh, in the midst of all this, when you were living incrementally, mm. you did decide to freeze your sperm, though. That was, was, that that was before treatment. That was, oh. uh, that was... Yeah, it was recommended. And that was... Um, Literally, like in the four days between diagnosis and or when I'm so diagnosis was maybe five days before I met with my doctor who I stayed with, Doctor mm-hmm. uh, Rudnick, and between meeting with him and starting treatment was maybe another four or five days. Uh, and in those second four or five days was when he was like, "Listen, here's some things you should really do: uh, visit a sperm bank because." Let's say it all goes well. You're, you know, you're gonna want to. Uh, the treatment all, treatment all goes well. You're gonna want to have options. You know, for your young guy, I was 29, 30 at the time, whatever I was, um, and so uh, he he recommended that pretty highly. Mm-hmm. And it was a no brainer. It was like, all right, might as well. It's a couple hundred bucks, right? Because given the radiation or the chemo, the like- chemotherapy, uh, chemotherapy, um, yes, has real adverse effects on on male uh, reproductive, uh, at least on the sperm that you're producing. For right. that, for the, I think they recommend, so let's say you, you're a guy and you have chemotherapy and you it works and you go on to live a happy, healthy life. I think the recommendation is something like they want you to try and get pregnant naturally two years after your last treatment. I think that's a little, um, I think, I don't know, so don't take my word for it, but I think that's a overly cautious. Like I'm sure you'd be fine a year after, a year and a half after, but just to be safe, they say two years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's poison, you know? 
well, my so, sperm, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so is Tessa from that original? No, we got pregnant naturally. You did? We did. So it was, uh, this is, uh, I, I, you can relate to this. And this is another time where you might actually want to, I would recommend you do talk to Christy at some point. Because we we did um, IVF, mm-hmm. uh, IUI, yeah, uh, several I, rounds, of, and I a couple, a couple rounds it. of both. Um, because we didn't have the information on, uh, so, mm, where do I start with this? Because it, it's interesting, I think. Our, our situation was a little, well, very unique. Um, I was, the drug that turned everything around for me is a drug called Avastin. And I did chemotherapy, I did radiation, and it worked to some degree, but I was suffering some some real after effects from the chemotherapy and radiation. The tumor wasn't really shrinking or even stopped growing. And so as a last ditch effort, they put me on this drug called Avastin. And very, very luckily it was worked. Was it clinical trial? It had just been approved a few, literally the month I got diagnosed was the month it got approved for, um, I think it was for breast cancer or was some other pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. some other kind of cancer, but they found working on other brain tumors in, in some patients. And as I again found out later, when I interviewed my doctor for my book, and so I found a lot of this out later. And one of the things he told me is, you know, you're very fortunate because Avastin works really well in about a third of the patients. It works kind of well in about a third of the patients and it works not really much at all in another third of the patients. So you're very fortunate that you ended up in that group where it works well. And so it turned the corner for me. This was 2009, late 2009. Here we are in late 2017. It's almost exactly uh, eight years after the fact. Um, and so Avastin works really well. And it's not a chemotherapy. It's actually kind of a super steroid is, is the way it works. As I was explained to me, I'm sure it's much above my understanding how it actually works, but you know, dumb layman's terms, they mm-hmm. explain it like that. So we, when we started, we being Christy and I started having the conversation about kids, potentially, this is probably 2000. Uh, 15-ish, let's just say 2015, um, the conversation was, can we have kids naturally? And then it was like, we shouldn't even chance it. We have this sperm that we've been paying for for however many years to, to keep it in cryopreservation. Mm-hmm. Let's just use it and see how it goes. Chance it because the sperm could be wonky. We Yeah, that's the possibility. But the the, the data just wasn't in it. Vastin was a, brand, it was a new drug. It wasn't um, a, a chemotherapy technically. So no one really knew. Like, right. But that was the fear. That was the fear. And yeah. we asked our doctor and he's like, there's no data. I, I can't tell you one way or the other. I mean, I want you guys to have kids if you want that, but you know, you have the frozen sperm. I recommend you use that. So we did the very expensive and very stressful IUI mm. and IVF process more we than went, once. We went to the same place. That's right. We did more than once each time. Um, and we eventually God, this is over the course of like 18 months or two years. We eventually pretty much exhausted all the good sperm samples that we had. And keep in mind, I only had five days to bank sperm. And I don't know, maybe Daniel's a more man than me, but I can only bank so much in five days. So I had I had two gallons. Of, no. Did had, you also find that it was all big butt Latina porn? We must have gone to different places. Yeah, you must have. Um, I did notice that all the porn was stolen. All the DVDs. It was empty clamshells. Mm. Who steals porn DVDs in, in 2009? <laughs> I know. We've been blessed with the internet, with, <laughs> whose sole purpose is to provide pornography for us. And so uh, we exhausted a, a good percentage of, of the sperm, uh, of, the, of the banked sperm that we had. And then I really started to like, really started to think, like, why, logically, why can't we like try and get pregnant naturally? Christie's 30. Seven, I'm 38 or wherever we were at the time. And I'm like, mm, you know, uh, there's, so I, I, I asked our doctor, he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I asked, um, 
our doctor being Dr. Rudnick, I asked our fertility specialist. And of course, he's in it to get paid to do mm, fertility right. treatment, but he gave us his honest assessment. He's like, I don't see why not, but I can't tell you. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. And so I did an exhaustive amount of research. I went, I went, um, I found a, I found a, they, they'll do sperm testing of your samples. There's like this lab in South Dakota. And like, if you, they'll send you like a giant, I'm holding my hands up about the size in of jizz, a, a, South fi- Dakota. a small fire hydrant. That's right. Uh, they'll send you a giant like cryo tank. It's like the size of a small fire hydrant. And you put your sample in there and you send it to them like overnight shipping and they will test it and they'll tell you all about it. Like if it's damaged or safe or as much as they can tell you Mm -hmm. and they sent it back and they were like there's nothing wrong with this sperm as far as we can tell and i you know talked to my doctor and we went over the results and he's like he's like you know i would just give it a shot and see what happens and and we very long story the story ends with me having a one-year-old daughter (laughs) very long story short we got pregnant naturally and christy swears and she knows her body and she knows herself and her mind and her spirit and she swears that we got pregnant naturally because she finally was able to relax and not go through all the ivf stuff Mm -hmm. and that's that's the old cliche it's a cliche for a reason because it happens so often you know once you you know once you give up on the ivf and you just try you end up getting pregnant you know naturally uh obviously it doesn't happen 100 of the time but that's you know the cliche and that kind of happens happened with us we were like all right let's just give up on this ivf for now and see how this goes and i within a couple months you know we got pregnant that's so amazing and she'll swear that it's because she was like really finally able to relax and like just accept the whole thing do you think she regrets that you spent so much time doing ivf it's never come up so i I mean, if she does, I don't think it's a strong regret. I think it's right. more of like the time was right. It, it it all worked out like it was supposed to. Um, I'm like I'm sure you'd like to have that thirty thousand dollars back, however much it costs <laughs> to do several rounds of IVF. But but uh, uh, you know, it all worked out like it was supposed so to. So, were you got high? A nosy question coming at you. Did you guys use crazy birth control up till then? Since you were a little worried about a natural pregnancy. Let me think. Yeah, I think we did i'm pretty sure we did oh god was no christy obviously wasn't on the pill because she was doing ivf oh no i meant oh that's a more interesting question Mm. during the ivf process yeah no i meant for all the years Mm. prior to that i think so i i can't specifically remember (laughs) the 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 dozen times we had sex in that decade (laughs) um no we we we, we, we for check your notebook we for sure we for sure used condoms but again that was that was i think it was more of like a i have radiated you know jizz (laughs) so let's not let's not chance anything oh i didn't even think about that aspect that maybe your your glow in the dark jizz could mess up her lady parts i don't remember you'll have to ask her this would be a great episode when you do talk (laughs) to her um wow so well this but, are these all the listener questions <laughs> are we, are no, we exhausted all, them? honestly all the listener questions on the, not all of there's some quite well you'll mm. see there's some questions about like fatherhood and how's your health and then there's like eight thousand questions that i don't even uh, just about corolla bullshit okay so I didn't even like. I usually. I, I don't know that. I don't know that name. I can't address. Girl bullshit. I don't know the name bullshit, so I can't address any. How is everything over at the at the old warehouse? It's great. It, you know, Adam. He's a he's a nose to the grindstone, chug along, put in the hours kind of guy. Like he does five podcasts a day or some absurd number like that, and it chugs along, and it's a fun job. We're doing another cruise at the end of the year, which is. Uh, 
again, like, like, like fatherhood has, you know, it, it, it's benefits and it's detractions, but I I did it last year. It was fun for the most part. I really enjoyed it. And now that I know certain like, like cheat codes, you know what I mean? Like certain ways to like, um, like what are they? Uh, I, uh, here's the best like way I can explain it. And, and and it's, I'm going to, it's, I'm, I'm framing it like it's a bad thing, but it was actually an awesome thing. Like, like being uh, on the the cruise was like being a Disney character because like every time you come out, <laughs> everyone's like goofy. You know, they want to go over there. Like, everyone saw me because they, they, they'd see me from. You know, I'm walking, you know, just anywhere in the ship. Like, hey, Brian, hey, we can get a picture. And of course, I'm I'm honored and flattered to do it. I'm like, yeah, of course, come on over. But um, then I realized, like, oh wow, wherever I go, like people are here to see us. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't it didn't dawn on me until I got on the ship and it was a little overwhelming at first. Um, again, how many, in like a good a, way. Approx, how many people were on the ship, would you say? I th- it was 2,000 people on the ship. I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 were there for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a constant, you know, hey, can we get a picture? And it was awesome to meet these people because a lot of them came from all over the country. Um, but it was it was definitely overwhelming at first. I wasn't ready for that level of, of uh uh, attention because you know mm-hmm. usually when we would do the show in the day we'd we'd go out after the show you know and, and meet people and take pictures and it right. was it was contained you know where it, it was contained yeah. to a meet and greet you know right. or if someone saw you coming out of the venue it's like hey how's it going mm-hmm. have a good show or really love the show right and that's awesome occasionally just, at the hotel but not but even, not even, with even the, still it was a kind of a very you know yeah. like a like a wave or a, hey enjoy the show blah, blah blah and i'm i don't want this to come off like i'm ungrateful i'm definitely not but it was i was not ready for that level of uh of attention right you know what i mean you're surprised by it i was i was, I was definitely taken by surprise mm-hmm. um and now that i know that's how it's going to be it's like uh, you just you know you just get more mentally per- i guess that's why you know child number two is easier than child number one just because you know what's coming you right. know what to expect not every not every feeding and every cry and everything is, is overwhelming mm-hmm. um i think it'll be uh I'm much more uh, looking forward to this one yeah not more that's the wrong way to put it i'm much more prepared uh, i guess mentally what are i'm a weird guy what are live show i don't, I don't think that's weird i think really? that's all normal but you're weird too I'm also a weird guy. <laughs> You're a weird dude, also. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm more prepared. What are live shows on a cruise ship like? Full disclosure: I've never been on a cruise ship. Really? At I've all? been on never ever. Huh? I get seasick. Oh, that's um, a very Allison thing. I don't think that's a compliment. That's on brand. Uh, <laughs> listen, thank you. I don't know. What are the live shows like? Yeah, on a cruise ship. It's very similar to as far as i recall very similar to how we did it's a little more it's light and bright because there's windows everywhere it's not dark like a comedy club um it's a that little more not how i imagine it for some reason i imagine it like in the bowels of a ship with no windows well we did ours during the day i don't know if they're going to change it this year but we did ours during the day and it was on like it was in a performance space that had a, just a ton of windows as far as i recall maybe the window shades were open because i think they may have shown a movie in there later yeah, it, it, very similar to, to a live studio show. Because, I mean, they, they, I think we did it in the place where they have, like, stand-up comedy. Mm. So that's just, you know, they just churn out shows. In my defense, I need we're to... We're still thinking about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Because I am. I don't know what I, we're talking about. <laughs> in my defense, I need to recover my good name. Yes, I get seasick. But other than that, I am fun and breezy 100% of the time, <laughs> even in the, I mean, you take, the middle of the ocean. take me whale watching. Yes, mm. I'll be moaning. I'll be green. I'll be throwing up, but I'll be fun during it. You I'll have fun doing you it. You won't hear a complaint from me. You'll hear commentary about how I feel. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, yes, I did 
The only time I've ever had air sickness, mm. I threw up three times on a flight to New York. Tweeted the whole thing. <laughs> Live tweeted. Yeah, I really did. OMG, you guys. Yeah, it started with uh, me tweeting, I feel like I'm going to get sick on this airplane. Does anyone have any advice? Thinking like it was just a sensation mm. that maybe... Try some ginger ale. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In your defense, if you recall, I believe that that was caused by you eating... Salad out of the garbage, not because of air sickness. So I think you can take credit for. I don't think it's been established That's, that you have air you know sickness. How fun I am? So you think you, the you garbage salad has something to do with it? No, Maybe. It was, it the, was, the garbage salad was a contributing factor. Yeah. This is how fun I am. Is all of the trash salad? If Are I, you out of that? Oh. If I drop lettuce in my sink, you know how there's like a Caesar salad. That's an Oscar salad. <laughs> oh, like Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. Well, but there needs to be a character that lives in your garbage disposal. Because that's oh, what it was. <laughs> let me tell you something. The joys of home ownership. We recently upgraded our garbage disposal. Oh, congrats. Oh, boy. Congrats. Oh, boy. I, I treated myself to the high-end one because I was in the store, the Animal Lumber, where I, bought the, uh, where I bought the thing. And it was like the difference between like a $180 one and like a $200 one. And I'm like, what's the difference here really? And like that's the, what the I want to know. The guy showed me and he's like, it's much quieter. And like he showed me a little display thing. They had a little display thing where they had mm-hmm. like the actual sounds. I'm like... That is quieter and it's a little stronger. I'm like, you know what? It's worth 20 bucks. Thinking it's not really worth 20 bucks, but I don't want to seem cheap in front of this guy. And so I got it home, had it installed. Life changing. It is so quiet. Like a garbage disposal is loud and it awful. Is, it is yeah. a loud, awful sound. This one is a, is a lower. Wow. It, I, I, it suits me. I turn it on sometimes just to listen. Let's just relax. <laughs> it's your white noise. I'm going to go home after this and just turn it on. <laughs> what uh, precipitated the need to ch- upgrade your garbage disposal? Was your other one not working? What was? Oh, we had a handyman. Uh, he was doing a bunch of stuff around the house that I could not do, such as... Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Here's what happened. Uh, we had a uh, a bottle stopper for a baby bottle, like one of the stoppers that keeps mm-hmm. the formula from going everywhere. Goes down the sink Uh-oh. during it was during a party, and someone was trying to be very helpful. I think my mom. Someone was trying to be very helpful and turn the disposal on and like clear all the gunk. Oh. And of course, they got that. And they're a little plastic disc, and so it chopped it up and like all little pieces everywhere. And I was like, oh, that would be the see- Doctor Brown's bottles. Yes. Yes, indeed. It needs to be cleaned cleared out because now the disposal isn't working. And so with a handyman. And one of his one of his tasks was, uh, can you take the garbage disposal out, clean it out, put it back, and re- reorganize it? And uh, he took it off, and he's like, "Hey man, this thing's really old." And he's like, "Have you?" It's like it's really corroded. Have you have you had it replaced recently? And we redid our kitchen, half our kitchen. I'm like, "Was the garbage disposal part of that or not?" I don't think it was. So I'm like, "I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna buy a new one. I'm gonna bring it back. If it works better, we'll just keep it. Otherwise, we'll return it." And that's when I went and got the new one and the upgraded one. And he's like, "Oh, this thing works great. Listen." It's like a light whir. It's it's amazing. Nice. How is home ownership? We have been in the market for so long. Market sucks. We put in a backup offer. What area are you looking at? This area? No. We can't afford. Yeah, we can't afford (laughs) to own in this area unless we want a tiny, tiny place. Um, No, various parts of the valley. Mm. Um, The house that we put an offer on was in uh, Toluca Woods Mm. area, which is like part of. It's like Toluca Lake, Lake, but nicer. No, it's like it's actually like Toluca Lake, but cheaper. Oh, I think it's like okay. Toluca Lake, but I think it's west of closer to the okay. freeway. But still, it was. It, but still, so, nice. Right. So we're in Rancho Park, and the, like uh, Toluca Woods is our is us compared to Shiviet Hills, which is next door, and that's Toluca Lake. Like that's the nicer area. I don't know that it's that much of a. Yeah, you're oh, taking, wait, a, you're taking yes. a big step down. Is what I'm saying. Okay, a big step. 
That's what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> we looked at a house on a Sunday mm-hmm. and uh, then on Monday, my mother-in-law was in town. My mo- Daniel and I and Elliot looked at it on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, I was like, I, I think maybe we should put in an offer on this house. I really like it. Was going to go back with my mother-in-law. It They had already accepted an offer on Monday. But we went back and looked at a backup offer. And then we put in a backup offer. And then um, we didn't get it, as mm-hmm. often happens with backup offers. Indeed. Uh, but but houses fall out of escrow all the time. I mean, a lot. Yeah. I think our house that we bought was in escrow twice before. Really? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Just How saying. did you know? How did you just know that was the right house? It was on the market for like eight months or like almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also a, we bought it at 2011. So a really, 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 really bad time for the market. Good time for us. Um, I think it was just the space, the neighborhood. It was, it was, an, uh, it was close. Cause it's about, 12 minutes away, less than that, eight minutes away from where Christy grew up. Her parents are still up the street, mm-hmm. which is an incredible, incredible benefit having like in-laws or grandparents, I should say, that right. close. Um, it was just a lot of factors. It was it was the space. It, w- it had a lot of the things we wanted. Um, it, it just was one of those, like we looked around like, yeah, this, this, this will work. And we looked at houses for a long time. Yeah. In this area too. I mean, a little south of here where it's a little more affordable, but uh, nothing, just everything, everything was like, no, no, no. And finally, something was like, oh yeah. It, actually, it was funny because Chrissy's dad drives home from work on the same route every day. He's a Virgo like me. And uh, he passed this house for- Is that, eight- is that a Virgo thing? Yeah. Routine? If you, if you, oh yes. Routine, never varying. Your, your abs- yes, that's a Virgo. It's a Virgo trait if you believe in that kind of stuff. Um, anyhow, uh, he drove past this house for eight months. It was on the market. He's like, Oh, you know, drive past this house every day. You guys should take a look at it. And then we did and we bought it and he still drives by. He gives a little honk every day. Could he drive a different route that might find a house <laughs> How far, how long a commute is yeah. he willing to do? He's going a very short westward to Culver City route. So yeah, he has a sweet spot yeah, if you want so to go on the west side. take a detour through Studio City? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that hyper-local humor that listeners in It's an international show, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, anyway, I've been looking at listings every day, and I'm not even seeing anything that's worth going to look at in person. Really? Uh, yeah, because it's the, the time of year where it's just really oh, slowed yeah, that's down. Right. I guess, I don't like know. Summer is that? Yeah, I'm still hopeful, but uh, it's not looking good. And then there's people who say, you know what, this is not an exciting detour. So I want to make it real fast. There's people who are like, now's not the time to buy. You should wait till the market comes down again. But I just would so much rather be in a house. Real life is real life. You have a uh, a seven month old child. Yeah, like you know, you know, you're you're itching. I I totally understand that. Right. Totally. Okay, so let's go back to the darkness. Let's go back to the part where I feel like a jerk now for talking about how I, I, I was overwhelmed with the cruise of the first part. I feel like I, was, I come off as ungrateful. I don't think you did. Okay, good. Do you think you did? No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think you did. I think it makes sense that you, what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, See, now I'm resonating. Now I'm resonating. It's contagious, right? I was fine until I showed up here. <laughs> would you like a salad that might have touched <laughs> yeah. the garbage disposal flaps? trash salad. <laughs> Uh, I think what you were saying is you were you just didn't realize that people were going to be coming up to you all the time and it was like a little bit intense as much as you recognize that it was an 
um, a privilege to be in that position. Yes. And I don't want people to hear. Yeah, yes. And yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Crystallizing that. Cause I don't want people to hear that and be like, Oh, Brian doesn't like to be approached far from it. Uh, yeah. Please. By all, especially I on think, the cruise, you guys are paying to be I there. I think you me. made it clear that you love it. You're almost desperate for the attention. <laughs> that's what I got. Good, that came off. Yeah. I, that's exactly how I wanted to be portrayed. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad that came off that way. So what is it like being on the show now in a more political time? Because there are times that I, like, you know, read the news. Mm -hmm. I read the news once every three years, occasionally. Smart. Yeah, I'm like, only on the 50th anniversary of the cassette tape (laughs) do I I reacquaint myself with the news. I'm just kidding. I'm fairly up on the news. Um, And then I think, what would the experience of doing the news in this... Uh, time be like and I have all sorts of thoughts about that so what is what is it like on the show now I think it's I I feel like there's an effort or at least a consciousness to not devolve into um because the news not even the news the news yes but also just feels like social media everything is Trump did this, yay or nay? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a, there's a lot of um, mudslinging on both sides. Uh, well, there's very fine people on. There's both very sides. fine people on both sides, but <laughs> but on on, on both sides of most debates, I guess is what I'm saying. Whether it's involving Trump or something else, there's a lot of just this is my team, and thus I will defend my team. And I think there's a lot of there's a, there's a, a danger in devolving the new. I think our show does it best when we're talking about. Cassette you know, tapes, cassette tapes, and dogs on planes, Finally. and and Germany's and Florida's and things of that mm-hmm. nature, and like stuff that's a little lighter. Trump did, yeah, Trump did this crazy thing again. It's like, all right, well, that could be literally every day, and I think we wisely avoid that. Uh, there's times when you can't avoid it because he did something so crazy or something. You know, the the take a knee thing with the NFL, like that's just a, an all-consuming story that everyone's talking about. And Adam and I happen to be football fans, so there's you know there's that even more present in our, you know, in our purview. But I think we'd do a smart thing and not um, consuming ourselves with the minutia of Trump did this today. And isn't that crazy? And isn't that wild? And uh, it's mind numbing, you know, mm-hmm. it's save it for the, the important stuff. What is your take on all the take and stuff? I am a, oh, that's going to sound so fucking pretentious. I'm a big believer in the first amendment. I, 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 I don't think that sounds pretentious. I think it does. Self-aggrandizing maybe, but it's I, it's funny because there's so many things you say that do sound though. <laughs> I'm not aware of it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the least of them. That's the least of your worries. Maybe I just agree with the, fr- with um, what you just said. The, I also support the first amendment. I would choose. It seems like, God, I can't believe we're in a, a place today where we have to preface by saying, I really support the first, yeah. the, the bill of rights. I really support the bill of rights. I think they're really honest. Something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, the, I, w- I would not choose personally to protest in a way like that, but I cannot ever imagine begrudging someone their ability or right or choice to peacefully protest something. Like if the players are run, if someone was running on the field and grabbing the flag and trying to make off with it, cause they, <laughs> they, they feel so strongly, I'd be like, All right, I, must, right. must we disrupt? But the simple act of taking the most passive, mm-hmm. the most passive, um, protest possible. Literally, I can't imagine a more passive pro- turning your back on the flag would be more respectful. Like to facing an knee and t- uh, taking a knee and facing the flag is, is your is literally your right to protest and that is a ironically a first what the flag represents and it's the thing that actually bothers me what what things that bother me is when people misinterpret 
things to fit their own point of view or their mm. own narrative. I very much get frustrated when people say, um, you're dis- uh, the soldiers died for that flag and their people uh, served to protect right, that the flag. Right, the taking a knee is disrespecting the military. It's like, and that's it, not what the protest is. Not only that, but I get more frustrated at the, the literally the, the, the minutia of, no, the soldiers didn't die for the flag. They died for our rights. Mm-hmm. Soldiers fight for our rights. And our, and our rights are literally our number one right is the first amendment. And the, and the first amendment is the right to free speech and the right to protest. And uh, the bill of rights, you know, uh, explains that you have the right to peacefully protest. And that is what soldiers fight for and die for. And you're disrespecting them by saying, Oh, they're, 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 they're fighting for our flag and they're fighting for our anthem. No, they're not. Those are just symbols. They're not fighting for our flag. I mean, uh, yes, they're, fi- I know what you're saying. I'm fighting but really what it comes down to it they're fighting for our rights yeah they're fighting for our right to do things to be free to live in a democracy to protest to to protest what you perceive to be injustice now you might be wrong but if you perceive it you're not going to be under the threat of military uh dictatorship or a threat of reprisal because you're expressing your peaceful protest it, it, it frustrates me that people uh twist the logic to fit what i think is a flawed narrative yeah yeah, it's uh, full disclosure. I was not a soldier, <laughs> so I'm speaking uh, out of turn. Do you feel like the uh, listenership has become more politicized of the M. Crow show yes. specifically? I don't think. Well, I don't think so. And the only reason I say that is because I get. I get and I see plenty of tweets. Every time we have some sort of hot button discussion, I see plenty of tweets on both sides. Uh, I. I 50-50-ish depending on the issue. Sometimes it's 60-40 one way or the other. But a lot of times like a lot of times it's like how could you let them get away with saying that? How could you not stand up to them? And um, I find myself agreeing with him a lot of the time on social type issues like you know raise your kids like that. That will solve a lot of our societal problems if if we had you know dads who stuck around and and had intact families. That leads to many many problems down the road. Um, so I don't feel the need to push back on that. It feels like a common sense thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we probably should have more of this. It would probably solve a lot of our problems. I, yeah, I don't, but I don't, it's get much this, more complicated than that. Uh, yeah, more, that's what I was going to say. Nuance, I don't think there's, if a, you're trying to distill it down to a take or a, or a point of view, you're going to have a hard time doing better than that. Yeah. But I don't think there's pushback against the notion that people should raise their kids. Mm-hmm. I think, suspect if there is pushback it's this idea that you're that it's so much more complex than what you just said that it's so much more complex than that than that and that just saying hey raise your kids Mm -hmm. is um not really going to make a difference yes i I, yes i agree with that but i also think that one of my strengths uh when it comes to say like sound effects i feel like i do a very good job of anticipating and knowing where a conversation is going so i can have a sound effect ready and kind of uh slip in at the right time hopefully most of the time and i do feel like that with conversations too like it's not going to um advance uh much it it, we're going to get stuck in the mud a lot if 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 I or anyone just disagrees for the sake of disagreeing. Like, uh, stay home and raise your kids. Well, it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm. Where do you go? You know, right now, you now you're just you're just throwing a spike strip. You know, just to just, just uh, they call it like virtue signaling. It's like mm-hmm. we get it. it. Everyone knows, but this this is this is a ninety minute show and it's supposed to be ostensibly funny. Uh, and so let's uh, let's make with the with the takes and the uh, the points of view. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If if I if I see a disagreement that's worth disagreeing with and going somewhere 
then yeah, I think it was yesterday. Who was yesterday? Adam made a, a good point again, ostensibly about uh, Puerto Rico. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, these countries, you know, about, you know, countries not having the right infrastructure so that when uh, a disaster hits, they're not, you know, screwed and blah, blah. And, I'm, and I made the point of like, okay, you save these countries, but you realize that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Like we should be just as eager to help them as them being us. We should help mm-hmm. Puerto Rico as we are help to help Houston or whoever. And that was a, I felt like a very worthy time to speak up and say like, well, I think you're a, a, maybe not quite right about, you know, this particular, you know, uh, um, instance. How'd but, that go? It's fine. He was like, <laughs> I, I don't I, like, it was kind of like, a, uh, it was a, a yeah, but still moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I have to acknowledge. But it is yeah, but still, because there are third world countries that or, or lesser developed countries, uh, developing nations that if they had better infrastructure uh, for many number of reasons, I'm not just saying it's easy as a snap of a finger, but they'd be able to withstand a lot more natural disasters. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfortunate. I wish something could be done uh, to make it so. How I don't earth- have the answer. How earthquake prepared are you? Very. Really? Very. I, I take it very seriously. Just- Since having a kid? Right about the time we had the kid was when I got very serious about it. I just refreshed my emergency kit. I just bought more water literally like like uh, two weeks ago. So I am I am uh, on top of my game. Yeah. There was an article in the LA Times. That's... I have a DIY emergency kit too. I made my own. I don't, I don't trust those ones you buy as a backpack. Smart. Yeah. What's in your, what's in your kit? What, Funny what, you should ask. What is the kit, first mm-hmm. of all, and what is in the kit? Because Daniel mm-hmm. was scrolling amazon looking at like different kinds of containers right and i was like if we're going to spend a lot of time looking for the container it's going to take us years to fill it wow that's a good point you got a dime holding up a dollar yeah um, it's real and that's real off-brand yeah by the way that's a, that's <laughs> but it's on brand for me to keep pointing to it yeah you're uh you're you're prone to action now look at <laughs> look at these changes in you the um we we, uh, we got a uh we went to i think i went to big lots and got like the most like it, it's small it's about the size of uh jeff's laptop in in actual dimensions so it's obviously not flat but uh it is uh you know maybe uh foot and a half like a laptop case no, it's it's about it's about yay deep. It's about oh, okay. uh, eighteen inches deep. Um, it's 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 about the most durable, like clam shelly, like you know, uh, material that they had. The most durable one they had. I just filled it with. So toilet paper is a big one. Mm. Gotta have toilet paper. Did you um, go for the best kind or did you go for the basic? And Trader Joe's. Oh, really? That's not that's not that nice. That's what I'm saying. Oh no, that's but what the, I'm saying. It's I'm an saying, emergency kit. I okay. I'm just saying, like with 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 zero comforts around you. Mm. This would be the May- last bastion. Yeah. <laughs> I would, well, I would hope you treat your tush better. Keep in mind that space is an issue in these okay. emergency kits. You need and Trader Joe's is a yeah, little no. more compact. A uh, couple of toilet paper, um, a small emergency kit, like uh, actual medical kit with like gauze and band aids, and mm-hmm. I think maybe some sterilize. Oh, hand hand sanitizer for sure. Um, canned food, and that you got to refresh every few years. Go to Trader Joe's or go wherever you go and get this stuff. You got this is where you got to look at uh, expiration dates because mm-hmm. you know if it's 2018, you're going to refresh that kit next year. But if it's 2019 or 2020 you're gonna have a couple years under your belt um cash gotta have some cash how much do you think i think we have a couple hundred bucks Mm -hmm. small bills because you know if you had the high quality toilet paper you could use that as currency that's right oh it might be a bartering economy you don't want to be killed for your high quality toilet paper in a lawless post-apocalyptic if you're in a (laughs) post-apocalyptic nuclear you know wasteland then i think the toilet paper is the least of your worries i guess um, what else is it? baby food? Of course, formula. How, um, yeah. How much of that? 
did you do? Well, she's growing out of formula now. Like mm. we're, we're starting to wean off of formula. So right now for uh, Elliot, I would go with, do you have the individual packs of formula or do you just have the big tubs of formula? We use a tub, but we actually still have some individual packs from a while ago. I would throw the individual pack and dog food. Very important. Yeah. Dog food. Throw a few. Um, you can get travel packs of dog food, which we have. Just throw them in there. What else is in there? Canned food. Oh, can opener. Big one. Don't want to be stuck without a can opener. Mm-mm. Canned food. And can Where are you going to plug it in? No, no. Uh, manual. Manual can opener. No, Allison. <laughs> this is in case the power it. is out. You need, I'm going to put an extension. Oh, chargers. <laughs> actually, I'm joking, but I was joking when I said you know chargers, what? but actually you probably should have a charger Car adapter. Because yeah. your car will, the battery is still working in your car and that's going to be powering most of your devices. Right, right. In fact, if you want to go, I think we actually might have one of those like universal car adapters in there because we might be powering more than just our phones. You know, mm-hmm. we'd be powering God knows what. Think of the time I was thinking about like breast pumps or something. Right. Um, yeah, I can't think of uh, anything else off the top of my head, but those are the big ones. Water. And in case, we have like three cases of water. And where do you keep these packs? I just described where, oh, this is full of cash, so I'm not going to tell you where they are. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. guess that would be unwise. That's right. That would be unwise. Um, Definitely not in my garage. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I felt very vulnerable having a newborn. The idea of wh- if there's some kind of disaster and mm. we got to get on the move fast, doing that, I don't know how people do it with a newborn. I mean, you do, you just do it, you just but do it. It, that, it's harder than yes. having an older baby. I, I just, just the, just the no, not even emergency situations, just getting out of the door <laughs> That's fast true. is we, very we difficult. live up a flight oh, of yes, stairs, you do. which never was it. Moving in, it was surprisingly more difficult up a flight of stairs. Okay. However, having a baby made me really realize what a pain in the ass it is. Yeah, I because, can see that. Because yeah, as he gets bigger seat, and heavier, right. yeah, because now Tessa's, Christ, she's... <sighs> coming up on 20 something pounds and she, carrying her in the car seat is going to be extremely difficult. Yeah. And I can only imagine with a set of stairs. Good Lord. Does she say any words? She does. She has about 10 words. Um, most of the, you know, the mama dad, variety. She does Baba and she goes, um, she says bye. Hi and bye all the time. Oh. And she has the wave too. She goes, bye, 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 bye. Like she knows what she's doing. Oh. And she'll say like, like she kind of says that cause she'll point at things and go, that, that. I'm like, all right, oh, is this what you want? She goes, no. Nah. She'll shake her. She'll shake her, shakes her head no all the time. <laughs> that. And then she she knows uh, doggy. She knows she knows Charlie. She loves dog dog. She she loves Charlie. And then um, she does sign language. She does because at daycare oh. they teach her. She does all done all the time. Whenever she's done, you know she's done with her bottle, even if it's not empty. Because she'll look at you and she give the two hand wave. Like, it's like jazz hands. I'm done. Like mm-hmm. that means please get this away from me. Um, yeah, those things. That's so cute. Yeah. Uh, I thought about, there are other parents I know who teach their infants sign language because- Apparently they learn signs before. They yeah. They can learn signs before. I know. Yeah. I thought of doing it. I bought a book. That's as far as it went. Uh, I think as long as you, I think all done is a good one. I mean, if you can get Elliot on, just give him the two hand wave. Every time you take a bottle away, every time he's done with the bottle, say all done and just do that. Right. And he'll eventually catch on because he'll just start repeating things when he's done with whatever he's done with. Yeah. Um, and Tessa used to do milk, but she, you know, she, we just feed her regularly. So I think milk is, yeah, like yeah, squeezing. It's just, it's just milking cow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. She has a whole milking thing <laughs> up and down. <laughs> Sits on a little, little imaginary bucket. Like, now you gotta, depa- now you gotta pasteurize it. <laughs> um, let's take some questions that listeners sent in. But first I want to tell you guys, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. There's all sorts of fun stuff. There's, uh, different reward levels. You can get bonus episodes. This just this month, although by the time you hear this, it will have been the previous month. Jeff Fox was our bonus episode guest. Uh, what a get! 
Look, I had to go through his publicist. (laughs) It was a whole Initially, they said, thank you for the interest. Mm. However, he's not doing press right now. Mm. Can we circle back? So I was waiting for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you, your people call my people. Exactly. And then it when it came through, I was like, oh, oh my God. Because I thought they were just slightly, yeah. But if you take this guest, maybe we'll give you Jeff. Right. There yeah. was so much horse trading. Um, in fact, I had to accept you to get him. <laughs> you didn't a, know you were you were part of it. This is a dark day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you can get, get access to an interactive live stream. You can get merch in the mail. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. And if you like what you're hearing, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Subscribe, rate, review, etc. Okay, let's uh, let's take some questions. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Robert Paulson says, Why has it taken this long for you to be back on Allison Rosen as your new best friend? And can I pay you both to clean my house? Uh, Remember our odd jobs? Second part first. Yes, absolutely. Um, First part, it's really a question for Allison. No, it's not. It absolutely is. No. Why have I not been invited? Because I was waiting to get Jeff. Oh, no, that's I, a, that's a, you know what? Touche. I did ask you actually. I, think I you did, did ask you. I think that you want you were waiting for the right timing. I believe so. And I believe it was pretty early on too. So that I asked you, yeah. 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 There there's there no uh n- no reason other th- than that. No uh yeah, we, we I'm glad that people now know that we we remain friends and uh, yes. text each other throughout your pregnancy and yeah. all, you know, just the, just uh, touch and base and yeah, we were going to see the same doctor. I forgot about that. You were th- you Because were, he wasn't with us through the whole, you know, process obviously. Right. Yeah. The same I went to a different doctor in that practice, yes, you did, but I also right. saw did you go your to the doctor. Female? Yes, the yeah. female. <laughs> well, the, the woman doctor, the lady doctor. Yes, I doctor. did. There's I called did. doctors these days. Um you we liked her. She was good. She's she's I love her. You were like the most human to me throughout the whole firing process. So thank you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Here we go. Kathy Ibarra says, you don't know how happy this makes me to find out you're on the show. It's not really a question. What has surprised him the most about becoming a parent? Tessa is adorable. Surprised me the most. God, I, I, I feel like I need some perspective on this before I answer that question. Like I'm in, I'm, I am in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I have a one year old, you know? Um, the, so, um, people, the cliche is, and it is true because, you know, the cliches are mostly true. Um, it goes so fast. It goes so fast. Like, like I can't believe she's a year old already. However, the flip side of that and what surprised me is her being a little baby seems like so long ago. Mm. It feels like years ago. So it's both fast and slow. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it I can't Time even, gets distorted. I can't even remember like, Oh my God, those mid, those 3am feedings feel like another lifetime. Um, and I guess the other thing is I was not not surprised, not surprised, but pleasantly, I, w- I was pleasantly encouraged by just how much Christy took to it because she has an incredible, I knew she'd be an incredible mom for a number of reasons. She's a very caring person, the way she cared for me when I was sick, but also the, she's very motherly at her job. She runs her office and she has a lot of people junior underneath her that she not just coaches and um, mentors, but cares for. Like she'll call them in off hours and text them and check on them if they had a rough day. Like she is, she has a, she has a lot of maternal instincts. That I don't think even she recognizes. Mm-hmm. So when, 
when she was, she never expressed like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be a good mom, but you could tell that she was not like, she was like, how's this going to go? She you know, ducked to water. It's, it's just those instincts that I, I recognize in her just being a great person. Uh, I, it's not surprising, but it was, I'm, I'm very glad to see that she recognized how good of a mom she would be. You said that it was more you leading the charge with the like, with wanting to have a kid. Right? I would say so. Was her hesitation, the idea of bringing a child into the world with someone whose health is um, not, well, no one, no one no, is guaranteed, I know, I know but you know saying. what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, with someone who has a specific health issue. Right. Um, I think so. In fact, I know she at least mentioned that once or twice, and so it must have been on her mind. Um, I'm very excited for the episode of you and her uh, that you have with her, but hopefully Jeff will, you know, will, will, allow, will allow it to happen. But uh, <laughs> she, I know it was an issue. I don't think it was a... I think it was an issue that she got over at some point, mm-hmm. like dealt, like came to terms with. But I think early on there was that. And like I said, every 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 change in our life to that point was incremental. It was like was really thought out ahead of time. Like, should we do this? Should we not do this? So I, I know at least early on that was a concern. Bruised by Dawn says, "How does he feel about his vindication when he predicted the recent Apes films would prove forgettable?" Do you guys like those the, the recent Apes films? But do you okay? I can acknowledge that they are above average filmmaking, but they are completely forgettable. I, I remember almost nothing about them. I get them all confused. Um, I know the the Golden Gate Bridge thing happened in the first one. I think, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, even now I'm second guessing myself. These are not memorable films. These are a great example of kind of what's wrong with Hollywood these days, which is they're putting out films that are, I guess, okay. Like there's nothing wrong with it. These are on their face, quote unquote, above average movies. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie, but I have no memory of them. They haven't stuck with me at all. If one's on TV, I don't know which one I'm watching. Like part of a great movie and I've been guilty. I don't, I, one of the, one of the, Christy hates this, but one of the worst things you can say to me upon leaving a movie with me is, so what'd you think? Because a good movie, you gotta, you'll know a bad movie right away. But a good movie you got to sit with to know how good it is. Mm-hmm. Like a good example is Mad Max Fury Road. Do you guys see Mad Max Fury Road? No. It's quite excellent. And upon seeing it, I was like, well, that was very well made. Like that was a very skillfully made movie. I had problems with the fact that there wasn't much of a plot and there wasn't a whole lot of character development, but it was clearly very skillfully made. And I remember thinking like, I was good. I've seen other just as good recent action movies. I remember thinking World War Z was just as good, if not better. And now having set with it, I realize that Mad Max Fury Road is a masterpiece of filmmaking. It is a fantastic film. And while I do think World War Z is a very, very, very good action movie, it's not, it's not nearly as good. So my early instinct is often not my final mm-hmm. instinct. Um, uh, but with uh, the um, apes movies, I remember leaving the theater being like, well, I'm already forgetting and we'll see how this goes. And now it's, I, they could all be one long movie for me. I don't think there's much of a difference. They're fine. They're Similar fine. and yet still quite unrelated. In the same way that you don't like when someone says to you, what'd you think of that film? Mm. I used to hate when I would, when my mom would pick me up from school and I would get in the car and she'd be like, how was school? Mm. For some reason, I hated that question. <laughs> I think it's because it's like, it was school, mom. And you know what I hate? I, I ha- you made me go. I didn't enjoy it. And I'm trying not to think about it. I w- I'm going to give you a, a big compliment here. One of the one of one of your one of the best things uh, that you do as an interviewer is you ask specific questions. I hate open ended questions, and I understand what they're for, and they're to get you talking and blah blah blah. I hate the how was school? What'd you think of the movie? Mm-hmm. I'd much rather hear uh, so what what'd you learn in uh, English class today, or what'd you study in history class today, or what did you um, 
how was the how was the performances in the movie? Like, right. I, I'd rather have a specific. Right. Was point. anyone a total bitch today yeah, yeah, at seventh yes. grade? I will go on and on talking about it, and it will lead to other things. But I, I, a specific question for me is so much better than a general question. Have you been? If in- someone says like, "How you doing?" I'm like. Fine. Well, yeah. As opposed to, what's the most frustrating thing that happened on the drive over? I can tell you, on the drive over here, I was driving behind a black Mustang that was clearly being driven, rented, and driven by two out of towners because they were very slow and they were looking around. They were clearly going to Hollywood and Highland because they were coming up Highland and they were looking out. They had the, they had the, 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 the top down and they were, they had a, a, a luggage poking out of the back seat ah. and they were looking around. <laughs> and I'm like, That's so weird. I understand here to see sights. I need to get somewhere. So get the out of my way. So anyway, that's a specific answer. A specific question that led to a more uh, specific answer. Have you been in therapy? I feel like this is leading towards that you should be in therapy. No, 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 it's not. It it has to do with open-ended questions because sometimes they do ask you. But I'm okay with an open-ended question in therapy. But I get. But I agree with you in conversation. It's tough because if someone asks you a super open-ended question, you don't know whether they just want the small talk answer. Like, how are you doing? Fine, mm-hmm. good. You know what? I feel. I feel like I feel about therapy like I do about um, marijuana. I, I'm a big believer in it, and if it if it, it it works for a lot of people and it does a lot of good, it seems like and access to it should be this is a little more for marijuana than, than therapy access to it should be open and unrestricted but uh it's i've never i've never done therapy i don't think I've done never speech therapy pot? never smoke pot get out never have. it's one of those things that just doesn't seem appealing to me and i'm not against it i'm not anti therapy or pot okay. i'd be i would i would sooner do therapy i think you spent a large portion of your time feeling foggy-headed and incapacitated. True. So, so I, I know the effects. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to go back there. Right. And also probably, yeah. Therapy, though, uh, I think you would benefit I from. probably would. It's, it's, like, it's like going to the gym. Like, right. you know, how could, how could it hurt? Do I want to go to the gym, Ram? Not particularly, mm-hmm. but I'm not opposed to it. Right. If someone's like, this would do you a lot of good, I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I actually said that somewhat jokingly because you suggested that that's why I brought it up. That being said, I feel like everyone could benefit from therapy. Yeah. I don't know who amongst us wouldn't get some benefit of just talking about their problems. That's that I have no problems. Speaking of, right. Speaking Obviously. of movies, <laughs> yes. what did you think of wonder woman? Because I, that was a movie for me where it was the first movie I saw after Elliot was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole time I was just thinking about him <sighs> and like trying to right. very surreptitiously check my phone to see if, if anyone had texted mm-hmm. about is Elliot. Okay. Da, da. Um, but by the end, I was like, I already forget how this movie started. Yeah, Wonder Woman was fine. Was again a good movie on its face. And um, also, I'm sexually attracted to Connie Britton. I thought you were gonna say Gal Gadot. Who's Connie Britton? Oh, the older Connie oh. Britton played, I believe, her aunt. I thought and, uh, uh, Antipathy, Calliope, and well, I thought Robin Wright played her aunt. Or was that her mom? That was her mom. Okay. Okay. They, yeah, yeah, Robin okay. Wright and right. Connie Britton look very similar. So they're sisters in the movie. Yes. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, I remember this now. Um, fine. It's a fine movie. I, again, I, I don't remember a lot about it. I think it was a little better if we're judging just on the scale of um, superhero films. It was a little better than most, but not amongst the best. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's good. I, I don't remember much about it. I will say, it's funny you mentioned that um, I do believe your circumstances, what is going on in your life at the moment can affect how you view movies. Like, 
I was I was super sick and uh, like sick being you know uh, radiation and chemotherapy and cancer and all that stuff when I saw District Nine mm-hmm. and I think it really affected how I saw that movie because um, that guy was going through a lot of the same stuff weirdly that I was going through where like remember his left side was turning into an alien and like he was like slowly becoming like a, you know a, a prawn um, and so I remember like weirdly identifying with it and like mm-hmm. being disturbed by it much more than I probably normally would have um, and so I. Uh, I, I've since seen the movie and I see it, I view it differently, but I can never shake how I saw the movie the first time. Right, right. And also, there was an article, um, and I read the headline. <laughs> uh, it well, was there, like you're still right. There was an article. Yeah, there. Thank you, thank you. Uh, read by me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but the headline was why you cry when watching a movie. It was something more succinct, but it was like why people cry when they watch movies on airplanes. And there's, it was some explanation. What did the article say? <laughs> yeah, I, that part, you'd have to read it. I wouldn't know. But I think it was something about maybe just the sort of the stakes are higher when you're on a plane, even That's if you're not conscious of it. Yeah. And I'm completely Plus, guessing. Often, I'm often guessing. A, a plane ride portends, at least for most people, portends an emotional journey. You're going to visit family. Yeah. You're going to a wedding. You're or going, you're, you're going on some someone. kind of journey. Yeah, you le- so your emotions are heightened. So I can, I can totally see that. I once had a very pseudo deep thought. It's not deep. One, it was pseudo deep. <laughs> one time I, I arrived in a deep thought. Yeah. And it was... This is when I was young. It quickly went back to penguins and ducks. That's right. <laughs> Koalas and ducks. Okay, sorry. And baby bats. I'm okay, okay with penguins, but penguins excuse, penguins were never one of my things. Really? Baby oh. bats. Unless I'm forgetting. No, you know you better than me. I would hope. You know you better than I I do. was super into that baby bat, though. I don't know if you remember that. There was kind a baby of. bat video named Drac. Maybe I'm just oh, thinking of so ducklings. Duckling. I know, I know I'm the ducklings. Duckling, duckling. I'm just I'm just conflating all uh, amphibious creatures, all seafaring fowl. Yeah, penguins are not amphibians, but but they're seafaring fowl. They are. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna. Let, but still, so gulls, yeah, pelicans, all out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a thing for flamingos. Swans. Swans are kind of like ducks. Swans are. Swans are okay. I don't like geese. Ducklings are adorable. Ducklings are the cutest. Baby pandas, pretty into. You know what's pretty cute? Mm -hmm. Uh, Along the lines of ducklings. So Christy and I went to Kauai for the fourth year in a row. We took Tessa, which was amazing. Must be nice. It was pretty sweet. And uh, we, uh, uh, Kauai is overrun with chickens. There are chickens everywhere. Uh, and there are where, where there are chickens, there are chicks. And they often, they often go in little packs. Like the, the chickens herd their little chicklings. That's, pretty cute it's pretty dark it is pretty cute and tessa every time she saw it he started chasing the chickens excuse you just started walking i do remember when daniel and i went to hawaii on what turned out to be a truly awful trip um when we returned oh was this the oliver trip yeah yeah it's pretty awful yeah anyway when we returned our rental car Mm -hmm. there was a little chick just on the road and that was um oahu yeah, I or believe, maybe Maui. I can't. We, we went I think to there both. are there remember. are chickens all over the islands, but yeah. they're concentrated in Kauai. Gotcha. What was I saying before that? Though you had a, a deep thought once. Oh yeah, my pseudo my pseudo deep thought <laughs> pseudo, when I was young. Not even a deep thought. Yeah. Ev- here's what it is. Get get ready for the mm. pseudo profundity. We're all connected, man. Everyone's important at the airport <laughs> because you're either that's very pseudo. You're either that's what I'm saying because like you've arrived somewhere and there's someone you need to see or you're there for business. My or- God, I can't think of a place where you're treated less important. <laughs> no, <laughs> although when you were a child, it was a long, long long time ago it was so, a different world so it could have been you could have been important at the airport you were important you yeah. showed up like, right this way miss rosen right. 
that's what they called me um no i guess what i mean to say is like either you're well that's how long ago it was though Mm -hmm. that you actually could go into the airport to pick someone up that's right so i remember the first couple flights i took i remember like my parents would be there you know at the gate yeah you know late teenager or whatever i was right when did you take your first flight when i by yourself by myself when i was 13 I went to visit my brother who lived in Las Vegas at the time. So a very mm. short flight. But I think my parents sent a letter with me to... Uh, a ransom say, note? <laughs> 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 yeah. They pinned it to my back. Mm. Um, saying that like it was my first flight. So oh, I remember they, they treated me extra nice. Very nice. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Hang on one second. You've done this before, right? I have, but it was what happened right then was a call was coming in mm-hmm. that I clearly don't want to take on the show, and but I always hesitate to hit decline because it feels rude to me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because the person you have a lot of hangups, ironically, about the phone. The person on the other end knows you declined because it's like middle of the ring. It just goes straight to voicemail. I call Christy every day, either on my way to or from work, just because it's convenient time and. 80% of the time I get sent to voicemail and it's usually after half a ring. So I know that I know that she's uh, in a meeting or something or doesn't want to talk to me. Maybe she's recording her podcast. That's 100% likely. Jose Maldonado. Okay, question for each of you for the cast. Favorite Allison drop. Do you even remember them? I purged them so long ago. No. Um, <sighs> Becky Honkton was pretty special. The guitar sound was pretty special. Yeah. Those are the two that jump to mind. <laughs> Becky Hollington was pretty useful when you would say something very white. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Do you have one that was because the, they were the they were all a little bit. There was, was usually doing Dave Hill. Yeah, me Dave imitating guitar. Dave Hill's guitar. <laughs> I do remember a really fun time when was it Rush? It was some guitar solo and you, you were going back and forth between oh, wow. like an actual guitar I feel like solo it was, and it was, my mouth solo. Oh God, my, my, I, my first instinct is that it was uh, um, um, Hocus Pocus Focus. Maybe. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Focus about Yeah. I think it was one of those, but that's, that's pretty, that was pretty funny. That was one of my finer moments. I also periodically crack up. This wasn't me, but yolo man yolo man do you still play that uh once in a while yeah, yeah. sean white but that... his buddy you got like eye tattoos or something right because yolo man yeah. <laughs> like dude what are you doing he's like yolo man <laughs> forgot about that oh There's and, a t- and boom it's pretty funny someone made some uh, a listener of the show made like a repository of my drops of like where they all came from like the history and stuff like that and it's like 80 no 90 percent accurate there's a couple that are wrong but it's pretty pretty comprehensive huh it's impressive i'll have to I go pre- i appreciate anyone who puts a lot of work into something patty benny says update on brian's health would be great so happy to hear of this reunion we got that out of the way didn't we well what are you so are you on oh, like now b- or b- no? bring us up to speed yeah um like what's going on right now God, it's so funny. It's, it, I feel about it like I feel... Uh, my birthday was on the 13th. Happy um, birthday. Thank you. But that's funny you say that because people were saying like, happy birthday, what are you going to do for your birthday? What about your birthday? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, you know, just make conversation. Like, hey, what have been plans for your birthday? And my only thought about my birthday at this point in my life is Tessa's birthday is in seven days. Like, uh, Tessa makes a lot of things go to the back burner whether you yeah. like it or not. And I never really specifically had you know thoughts on my birthday but now my specific thought is oh tessa's birthday's in a week we better get something together so um uh 
as it pertains to my health, it's funny. I only think about it in terms of like when I think of going to the doctor now, I think of going to Tessa's doctor. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that said, we, I still go in every three months for a checkup, a sem- MRI scan, a Vastin infusion. I do the whole thing. Uh, and uh, it's it's maintenance mode. It's about as good as you could possibly hope this outcome to be. Um, we're, we're, we're watching the tumor and it's not growing. It's not moving. We're just kind of chugging along and God willing, this goes on for the next 50 years and we keep going at this pace and, you know, things are, things are good, knock on wood. So thank you for asking. Did they, I don't know that they even know this, but did they give you a, like you're in the X percent of people for whom, well, I guess that one third percent, but like you having done this well mm -hmm. with this particular kind of inoperable brain tumor is very pleasantly rare, right? Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, I haven't been given any percentiles. Actually, it wouldn't I think, be pleasant that it's rare. Sorry, I'm coming undone. Go ahead. No, pleasantly rare makes sense. It, uh, I mean, I mean, it'd be more pleasant. Rare can if be it unpleasant. Was less rare. Yes, indeed. More common. Oh, yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes, but, but I meant hopefully it like everyone, what a pleasant surprise. Yes, hopefully everyone can have this outcome. But yes, the, the real world being what it is. Um, yes, it is very fortunate and and pleasant and and good that it is going this way um no i don't i'm not been getting any percentages and the reason i think is because um as my doctors explained to me i am the patient the longest patient at cedar sinai who's been on this drug with mm. this tumor so they don't have any data saying like this is what's most likely going to happen because i'm kind of blazing the trail in a weird way like i'm not by choice i'm right. glad it's going this way but they're like as the the the, the thinking is and it's a weird kind of not flying by the seat of your pants, but it's a it's a it's a weird like hey if it ain't broke like if this is working it's going great let's just keep doing what we're doing if things go a little sideways then we'll make adjustments but for now things are going great let's keep keep doing it. What was it like to be at Cedars for the birth of Tessa? Weird. I did have some very weird. So luckily it's in a different wing of the hospital, but I did have some very weird. I dropped Christy. So did you give birth to Cedars? Yes. Did you get dropped off at the emergency entrance uh, or did you have C-section? I was induced. So okay. we just oh, so it was in. all planned. Okay. Yeah. So Christy went into labor. Her water broke into the whole thing in our bathroom, luckily on the tile. And uh, I got her to uh, Cedars at I don't know, 830 at night or something like that. And um, drove her up to the emergency entrance because that's what we were told to do. And she was at that point, she was feeling, you know, contractions. So like she wasn't really capable of walking very far. So kind of helped her in uh, to the uh, to the emergency room uh, waiting area. And they saw her and they saw her. she was in pain and she was about to, you know, go into labor. And so they put her in a wheelchair and whisked her up. And I went to Park the car in the probably where you parked your car, um, and where you know the, you come out afterwards. P four, I believe, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where there's a little like desk there, a little not desk, but like a little like reception area. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I was struck by the fact that so when I first started going to Cedars for treatment, um, they were undergoing massive construction to their cancer center, and we their their parking was completely eliminated. And they had us go to the emergency room and valet park there. There was valet parking and stack parking every car. Mm. And so it felt very weird to go to the emergency room parking every time for the first month and literally, you know, do valet parking. But that's what we did. And this is the first time I had been back there since the last time I got treatment there and did my valet parking. So it was weird. Like, oh, my God, I used to come here every day for a month when I was getting radiation. And here we are now for the birth of our child. It was a very full circle kind of moment. So I was not unaware of the irony or at least of the uh, you know coincidence right yeah how long were you guys in the hospital 
for Tessa's birth. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, Christy, I believe, I'm going I'm to say dropped her off about, checked her in about 8.30. Dropped her off, went home, slept <laughs> it off. Dro- she told her to text you when she, it happens. That's right. Give me a heads up. Give me a 911 <laughs> text. Um, yeah, it was uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, and I think she popped the baby out at 8.17 or somewhere that next morning. Uh, and then we were in the hospital for two nights after that. The full day, that night, and then the next night, and then go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Average amount of time. We were very. I, I will. I will. I will say this to anyone who is either getting pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant. It's easier said than done. I recognize this, but do your best as the woman uh, to be as in shape as you can. Because Christy was in tremendous shape. She was bar method, and she's a former athlete. She was in really good shape, and she had a much, much, much easier delivery than I think most you know, horror stories, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that I hear. So do your best. I know it's easier said than done. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking a lot, but for yourself, do your best to be in some kind of shape. You know, it's hard to work out when you're pregnant, but just do something because the better physical shape you're in, the easier the whole process is going to go. Assuming you have the regular, you know, childbirth. Right. Yeah. Mine, uh, mine went sideways a little bit because we had meconium. You know what that is? Isn't it's, that the fluid or the, it's the poop. Yeah, but isn't that normal? No. Um, it is it's not that unusual, but oh, it's but afterwards. Not, Usually it's in the diaper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he 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 took a dump inside he me. He pooped himself? Is that scary? <laughs> yeah, he pooped himself. What's going on? Uh so then he had to go to the NICU for a couple of days and Ooh. that was no fun. Oh, I remember you pulled yeah, yeah that. but it all turned it all turned out fine. It was just being I wasn't I didn't delight at the idea of having to be induced. I wanted to be able to go into labor sure. naturally. So it's pretty close. It was close to my due date, but no, pretty close to natural childbirth because they're just getting the process started. Everything after that is natural, right? Well, I don't know. I'm it, only, I'm asking. No, um, they keep the Pitocin go. Y- yes and no. They keep the Pitocin going for a long time. At a certain point, you are contracting so strongly on your own, but it's not like, Maybe with certain women, they if you're close, then they just start it and then it like they just, just give it a push. It catches. But for me, I was stubborn. I was what? Yeah. Stubborn. I mean, they the, the term they use is your cervix is unfavorable, which means like you have not your body has not begun Very the labor, right? Has not begun the labor process at all. Right. Okay. So it just it took like I um went in on a Wednesday morning and had the baby at 2 a.m. on Friday. So it was oh like boy. 40 hours later. It Ooh. was just, and you don't sleep and no. it's just long. And oh, man, anyway, yeah. Um, um, speaking of sleep, did you or Daniel, I, I experienced this much more so than Christy, but the first, so the first, we gave birth at eight in the morning and didn't actually go to bed until, you know, that night, whatever it was, eight o'clock at night or something like that. The Literally the deepest, heaviest, sleep I've ever had in my life was that night. I remember sleeping in a cot in the recovery room. Which the recovery rooms are not the luxury of the delivery rooms. Unless you want to pay up for the Kardashian room. You're you're getting a very standard uh, hotel, hospital room. (laughs) But I remember sleeping on the cot and as as cottish as it was, I remember I fell asleep on my back and I woke up in the same position like nine hours later. Yeah. I don't think I literally for the first time in my life, I can't remember. I don't think I moved the entire night because the, the bed was still made. I'm in the exact same position. And I'm like, Oh boy, did I sleep deeply? Right. I don't know if you did that or Daniel did that. No, or, no, because I remember the, I imagine the kid being in the NICU would mitigate that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was waking up, um, pretty frequently 
to pump and then also oh, like yeah. I didn't get to hold him till many hours after he was born. So oh, I even was, right away they took him away? Yeah. I mean they Oh, that's pretty devastating. They, it it was. Yeah. They put him when he was when he when he was first born, mm-hmm. they like handed him to me, and I was okay, like, "Okay, oh, well, that, that's good." Yeah, for a second, and then it was like because we wanted to do delayed cord clamping. But Did he like ingest some of the meconium? Or that's the fear. He okay. wasn't breathing, and he wasn't. Uh, and they when there's meconium, they want to try to suck out the meconium yeah, sure. before the kid takes a breath because he has excrement in his lungs, or right? Yeah. So yeah, so they um, got him out and like handed him to me for a second, and then cut the cord, cut the cord. There's this, and that was confusing to us because yeah. we wanted to do delayed cord clamping yeah, and then she's yeah. like we got to get him breathing so then i was like oh cut the cord oh, man. they take him over to the table at that point i'm like not aware of what's going yeah, you on went through a trauma you went through a physical like, right trauma. and so i'm just talking to her about like delivering the placenta and oh did i tear and you need one right. stitch and is that gonna hurt and blah blah, 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 blah. like totally out of it i see daniel crying and i think he's so happy that our son is born and then I'm like why am I not crying and then I later found out he was crying because he thought that Elliot was dying because they had to do CPR on him like it took about seven minutes to get him and I heard I heard them because we had taken the CPR Mm. class and I heard them counting and like doing the chest compressions and that's when I was like but still I felt like I I know they have this under control Mm. But then I said to our doctor, he's going to be okay, right? And she said they have to assess him. I'm like, that's not reassuring. Yeah. Um, Just a yes would be nice. Yeah. So anyway, no, I did not sleep well, but yeah. I'm glad oh, you man. did. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. About my, one of my most vivid memories from that moment, similar, but obviously not near the scale of you, you guys, was I was not prepared. I was prepared for a lot of things in that delivery room all the grossness and all the, you know, the medical stuff. I was not prepared. No one told me, and maybe they just didn't think, or they thought that I would know. When Tessa came out, I thought she was dead. Like, she was gray. Like, your baby yeah. comes out gray. They're not I was like, oh my God, I'm not moving. Like, right. I was like, oh shit. I'm like, uh, uh, I was freaked out because yeah. it, was, it was a still gray baby. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they slapped her around and started, you know, gasping or whatever. And yeah. So, so, I, so I didn't I was get, not prepared for that. I didn't get to see That was what, a shocking moment. I didn't get to see what normally happens when the baby is breathing normally. So they kind of like... I don't specifically... Slap the baby and I then they, they take a I think they may have a pat on the back just, uh-huh. to, just to get the lungs, you know, inhale. But Right. And, and then she, did and she inhale and cry. And she also didn't cry right away. She was very she she is like she is now, oh god, this sounds so fucking pretentious too. She is like she is now, like she came out, there's like little Tessa. Like she kinda looked around and was confused, but observant. I know I'm projecting because it's a fucking one yeah. minute old baby. <laughs> but like she wasn't crying. She eventually started crying a little bit because I think she was cold or whatever, but she was just kind of looking around, like confused, and that's just kind of how Tessa is now. She's very observant. She's a quiet baby. Like she'll just she kind of amazes like the daycare people because she'll often just like leave the group, like the group of like eight kids and go off and just start playing with the toy that she wants to play with on her own. Like she's uh-huh. very self-sufficient. So good and bad, like she'll be antisocial, but she'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's uh, having her in daycare? It's fucking awesome. It's really great. Uh, we don't plan on having other, any other kids. I don't think she'll have a sibling. Um, so it's nice that she's just exposed to other kids. I think it's helped her development. I know for a fact it's helped her development in terms of like the sign language and just no, no stranger danger, no uh, no no uh, separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't freak out around new people. She doesn't freak out when we leave her. She's good with other kids. She's uh, we used to get 
um, incident reports from daycare that like, oh, you know, we have a scratcher in the class and, you know, Tessa got a scratch, not a little scratch or cheek or something. And I always thought it was a little much like, okay, I don't need to be called in the middle of the day. Thank you for freaking me out. Right. But I've never, and then there was always like, we'll talk to the parent and we'll be like, okay, we'll do whatever. I'm not upset about it, but we've never been contacted by them being like, um, Tessa scratched, like she's not that aggressive. You know, she's like a little girl. She loves stuffed animals and she loves her little dolls and stuff she's mm-hmm. a little girl it's, it's crazy oh did you want a girl or a boy more great question um there were advantages to both obviously um selfishly I, I focused more on the logistics of the whole thing i was like okay a boy i'm gonna be able to you know watch football with them and baseball and teach them about sports and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, all all that fun, you know, dad, son stuff. But at the same time, I also was aware of the fact that I was physically not the same person that I was 10 years ago before Mm -hmm. I started treatment for all this stuff. Like my left side is still, it's nowhere near a hundred percent and it never will be. And sadly I don't have the athletic ability. I, I was never an athlete, but I had ability. Like I was, I, I could play I played years of, of little league and baseball and, and two years of high school football. Like I have uh, some ability, not great ability and not even exceptional ability, but um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm capable was capable. Now it's much more compromised. And the idea of, you know, doing the math when I'm 48 years old, hopefully, and not, you know, ever fully recovered from my cancer treatment, playing catch with my 10 year old son is going to be a tall order. So in one sense, I was a little bit relieved to have, you know, a daughter who who won't want to play a ton of catch, you know, <laughs> playing, you know, playing tea party is much easier physically than playing catch. Um, I'm not looking forward to the 12 to 15 year old years when she hates her mom, you know, despite the fact that, you know, Christy's an incredible mom, but mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact they're going to fight. It's just how it is with, you know, teenage girls and their moms. Um, I'm not looking forward to boys coming around the house, but there's advantages and disadvantages of both. We were just happy to have a healthy baby. It's the most boring answer ever, but I would have happily taken either. Yeah. I, I quickly glommed on to, to the idea of having, you know, uh, a daughter I, I, as it was explained to me by many uh, girls in my life, like the daughter father relationship is really special. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was very excited about that. Yeah. Plus the girl's clothes are pretty cute. Putting bows in her hair and stuff. I know mm-hmm. they are. They really are. When I, so I, now Chrissy has a living dress-up doll. She like <laughs> Tessa is wearing a uh, sparkly gold all the yeah. time, all the time. I know when in Elliot's mommy and me class, sometimes I look at the little girls' outfits and I'm like, "This is ridiculous! <laughs> That's ridiculous!" And also, yeah, cute. everything from your slash Christie's childhood is back again. Like it's all rainbow bright and mm-hmm. Care Bears and uh, Wonder Woman and all that stuff. Lee Brun says, with the success of Shrinkage, has he started on a second book? Success. Um, no, not really. If I get cancer again, I will. <laughs> Kate McDee. Does Bob Bryan hear or think his drops when he is in the regular everyday life? Not as much as I used to, but yes, I do. I, I actually would hear and so Anderson was the engineer for Loveline who did what I did before I did what I did. He did drops and I, he was the best I ever heard. And I would hear his drops constantly, uh, in conversation and in real life. And it was very rare, but sometimes I would come across someone who listened to the show too. And we'd have like a little private thing where like we'd mutter drops under our breath. It was, <laughs> it was very fun. Uh, Rich Calhoun, how has Trump being elected changed the Adam Carolla show? Uh, 
Tone has, this is a question, Tone has changed from Adam Carolla. How does Bob Bryan handle that? Milo as guest, et cetera. Well, those are two different questions. I don't think, I don't think the tone of our show has changed much in the Trump era. That's, I, 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 again, I'm in the weeds. I'm there every day and I, I don't feel like much has changed. Uh, I, I have the ability I think to recognize the, so we have a, a Milo Yiannopoulos on the show from time to time. Um, ben Shapiro on the show mm-hmm. from time to time. Uh, conservative Prager. commentators, Prager uh, to different degrees. Um, uh, shit, shit, yeah, to, to different degrees, shit disturbers, but I recognize that they are who they are. Like they are a, they, there's a lot of pageantry that goes on with people like that on both sides, on both sides, the fine people on both sides, but especially with, I think the, Okay. Wait, who who are the pageant makers on the left? Well, I think it's more what I was about to say, I think it's more so on the right because I think people on the left are more prone I don't think this is even a controversial statement. I think people on the left are more prone to being outraged over a lot of things and having their buttons pushed. They're more emotional. They're more emotionally things resonate with them emotionally. They see the devastation in Puerto Rico and they react whereas I think uh, maybe people I on, disagree and I'm going to cry. <laughs> That being said, uh, I think the, uh, a lot of smart people on the right, the Ben Shapiro's of the world and the Milo Yiannopoulos of the world, you can say a lot of things about them. You cannot say they're not smart. These are smart guys uh, on their face. They are smart people. Um, I think they recognize that there are buttons to be pushed and that they get a reaction and thus they benefit from buttons being pushed. Mm. Um, now, some people like Milo are a little more theatrical about it, like with the whole, the, the, I know he's gay, but the whole affectation and the darling oh, and yeah. the blah, blah, blah. And, and, it, and it's it's an act to a degree, like he's in on the joke. I mean, I think Milo does believe the things he says, but I don't believe he is quite so militantly outspoken maybe in his private life. I think he's just a guy who recognizes, oh, this is a very easy way to push buttons and get a reaction and benefit. And, you know, he, he obviously has benefited. We know his name, you know, uh, whereas maybe there are people who don't have that ability to push those buttons whose names you don't know. Is this a good thing? Probably not. I, you know, maybe there should be more sub- substantive talk, you know, or, or discourse in the world um, rather than uh, I know this is going to out. like Dinesh D'Souza is a smart guy, clearly, but he is playing, playing not only playing a part. Like his his the films he puts out are so laughably like. Um, alarmistly one-sided, you know, Hillary Obama's America or Hillary 2016 or whatever these films are. They're so absurdly over the top on that side that, that it's like, I wish you'd use your powers, not for good, but we, we could clear, we could have a substantive debate or talk or exchange of ideas. Me, you're playing to this audience on the one hand and trying to rile up this other audience on the other hand, and it's working. So good for you, I guess, question mark. Yeah. I don't know if this is sustainable. I don't know. I feel like the, the, the wave has crested on the Milo Yiannopoulos of the world. Like, I don't feel like we talk about Milo as a thing very much. And that could be just sort of the, the trope of the um, outrageous Brit, the outrageous foreigner who comes to our land and stirs things up. Gets the, the me, uh, Mr. Belvedere, if the, you will. Yes, you will. The Piers Morgans of the world. Like, Piers had his time and now he's slowly, fa- he's still there. But- I used to, by the way, Unpopular opinion. I used to really like Piers Morgan. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Okay. But I did used to like him. But there was a time, clear where Piers was very popular. He, mm-hmm. he had the talk show and he had everything. Yeah. And he's still there, but he's not what Piers Morgan was 
launched to be. Remember the remember the host of the Weakest Link uh, and something yes. and Richards or whatever her mm-hmm. name was. I think it was the governor of Texas, but uh, and something and something and Ramsey. No, she was the actress from Goonies and something and Richard. Anyway, you all the Weakest Link. Goodbye. Goodbye. And she was like, "Oh, it's such a sensation. She's so she's so snarky and she's mm-hmm. so mean and blah blah." Right. She was like, "What's her name?" Ann Robinson. And Robinson. She was she was a thing. She was like a cultural thing. Saturday Night Live like did a, like a whole thing about her. Like she was a, a thing that we all knew. And then we got tired of her. And like like a like a, a, a body pushes a, a a splinter out of a finger. Like we pushed her <laughs> right. out of our consciousness. Like a, like someone their eyebrow piercing will be rejected. Yes. We like rejected like, her. Like like your finger will reject a splinter. Yes. After a certain amount of time because it's so annoying. <laughs> we rejected her. And that's what's happening with Myolianopolis. Like we get it. We know what you're all about and we've had enough and now we're pushing you out yeah. there's and and milo supporters can say oh he's still selling us like we clearly don't hear as much from milo mm-hmm. as we used to the no. wave has crested you can cite all the figures you want you can say that he's selling out blah blah that may be true he probably still has a base or supporters or attention or whatever it is but uh the milo wave has crested lee bruns how is his doggy doing Charlie's doing great. Charlie is uh, successfully avoiding Tessa. He is um, interested in her. And now that she's starting to eat solid foods and she's thus dropping solid foods, she he is all about Tessa. But first, if when, she, when he, she first came into the house, he was like, what is this new thing that I must now protect? And he was kind of like, he would constantly be near her. Then when she got mobile, it's like, fuck this. I'm out. And she would constantly go up to him and like, not Is she fascinated by him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's a big fan. Um, and Charlie keeps now they keep a healthy distance. Now now they when she first started getting mobile, she was like beeline to the dog, and that mm-hmm. was a problem for Charlie. And now that she's super mobile, like she's a toddler now, they have a a, a mutual understanding <laughs> where where they kind of avoid each other, they pass like ships in the night. But occasionally there will be a, a fracas, a dust up where she gets <laughs> in his face and he doesn't like that. But aside from those rare times where she's invading his space, like if he's on the couch and she comes up to him, that's not okay. But if he's like you know, standing at Christie's, Christy will be chopping some food and Charlie will be standing on one side and Tess will be on the other and she'll come up to him. That's okay because he's in a public space to, in his mind. Mm-hmm. But if he's in his space, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, to go back to something we were talking about before, mm. this is something that might be relevant to your interest because it involves food. Let's hear it. Special treatment. Did you know that there's a special menu you can order from at Cedars? Because the Cedars food is awful. I was told about this. Yes. I don't know if we ever experienced We it. found out about it from another NICU mom on our last day. Right. Uh, and so... What is it? Like kosher menu? No, it's just... Like, worse, I forget actually. what they call it. You have to pay for the food as opposed... It's not the free ho- oh, hospital swap. It's yeah. like a menu you can order from. You set up an account. You give them your credit card. It's like their private dining menu. But apparently, the food is actually really good. I was going to... That was my question was how good can it be? Apparently it's really good because the other, the mom who told us about it said that it was actually really sad. She had been visiting her baby in the NICU for three months, Oh Jesus! but she said that she had the grilled cheese three months ago and she still thinks about it. The whole thing is actually quite sad, <laughs> but apparently the food is really, thought, really good. My first thought was how good can grilled cheese, grilled cheese be? But then I was like, you know, if they milk a gourmet grilled cheese with like brioche and like Gruyere. It might like, be that. That could actually be quite amazing. That said, um, we, number one, had the benefit of in-town parents. You know, Christie's oh, yeah. parents were obviously in, just down the street in Westwood, just down the street. So they brought us, I think they brought us Bay Cities the first day. Oh, glory. Have you been to Bay Cities? No. You know the legend, though, of Bay Cities, Italian Deli in Santa Monica. No, I don't think I do. Jeff? I've heard of it. I've never been oh. there. 
all and I when need people to, speak of it, that noise that you yeah. just made, that always the follows it. Yeah. Suffice to say, all I need to say is, it was the first meal we had after delivering a baby. Like That was our reward for having gone through this ordeal, was having Bay City's Italian Deli. It's spectacular. It was brought to us. I was able to go home and shower after the first day, and I came back with, I don't know, something, California Chicken Cafe or something like that. So uh, outsourcing the food was not a tall order. When they induce you... Or actually, maybe just when you're in labor. We maybe. get it. You were induced. <laughs> maybe Christy went through this too. You're all, they don't want you to have any solids. You're allowed to have really? clear fluids um, and like jello or ices or whatever. But Daniel had food and I had a bite of his macaroni salad. But before doing that, I made him like make sure that there was no... It, it was as if we were pulling off a heist. I made him look around. <laughs> he was your second story, man? I was like, yeah, I was like are there cameras? Mm. You know, we looked all around and then I took, like I, I snuck down on the side the of the bed. The machine starts beeping wildly. <laughs> it's like a bite. I was so, I was worried. We have a code were, white macaroni salad. <laughs> I was worried they were going to smell it on my breath yeah. or somehow, no, I was like turning away. <laughs> I was so yeah. worried. I have a feeling, what are they going to do? Throw me out? Yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop being induced. I know. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Do we get a lot of questions? No, we got a lot. That's great. Um, Thanks, you guys. Toby Milton, I'd like to know his thoughts on the new movie, It. Liked it. I liked It. Did you guys see it? No. It's uh, solid. I'm not a horror movie guy. I don't even think it's that much of a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's very Stephen King meets Steven Spielberg. It's set, I believe, in 1990 or thereabouts. Um, the kids are fantastic. It's like a true cast of kids. I think the actors are all between... 12 and 15 um and they are great uh, the movie is very effective i uh, never read it i never seen the miniseries the tim curry movie i never seen any of that uh, so this is my first uh introduction to it and it was very effective i liked it a lot i have to say i'm going back and forth a little bit on whether to ask some of these questions just because they're like rehashing such old shit yeah, well, um do I, or don't i will There's ask try. i will ask this and I'm going to edit the question a little bit. We Tartan Scoop. What was the atmosphere like in the room during and after the Adam Carolla show where Adam described his reasons for letting you go? Um, celebratory. Um, <laughs> are you familiar? I think, I don't, right. Like there's I don't know if, a, a freedom. I don't right? know if the song is the full title is Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, <laughs> but Mirth was made. <laughs> I don't it, it was definitely uncomfortable. It was definitely awkward only because... Um, only I, I I don't remember specifically, but it was uncomfortable because th- clearly, like there were callers and people who were confused. Obviously, uh, um, a very 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 small percentage who were outraged, very small. Um, and yeah, well, I remember being just awkward for a couple of days. But uh, um, yeah, I wish I could call it more specific memories. I'm not being uh, uh, obstinate. I just uh, you you told <clears throat> me at the time that you felt very uncomfortable. It was awkward. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, someone got someone got fired. You know, so yeah. it was it was it was uh, not a. Uh, um, and I think I think a lot of people found out about it late too, if I recall. I don't. I. I, I it's fine. It's all it's I can call it. So at the long. Ago. It's all I can call. It really was all I can call. God, I don't remember what year it was. Twenty twelve? No, it was the very. Oh no, it wasn't. So this happened at the beginning of two thousand fifteen. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the email was started in twenty eleven, twenty twelve. I auditioned in twenty ten, and then uh, my 
first like real show was January 2011. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's okay. A long time. Sorry, ago. I, I'm not being, I'm not trying to no, uh, not answer. I just, I can't remember yeah. specifically. That, yeah, that's what I mean about like, I was, I shouldn't have been surprised. I, maybe I, 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 when I tweeted out the call for questions for you, so many of them, it's like, oh, these questions could have been asked right when it happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like it was so long ago. I don't have the urge to, sure. to go through all of it. I know that some people are, some people still have questions. As Hillary Clinton would say, what difference does it make at this point? <laughs> okay, let's see. And here is the last. Last one. One. It's better be great. I know. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. Here. It's a uh, position race. I know. I'm just... Oh, my goodness. No, I'm going to go... Oh, my God. I'm, I'm really going to go visit the baby. Okay, do that. Uh, How much is he napping these days? Two naps a day, but he is really fighting his afternoon nap. So sometimes he just doesn't take one, and then mm. I'm tempted to put him to bed early, but then that affects his waking up yep. time. So what about Tessa? Tessa's kind of all over the place. She's more or less on one nap a day, but there are pl- yesterday she took two naps. So there, there, there are plenty of days where she, she breaks it up. McCoy Polly, why does Anderson still put up with him? I think you read that question wrong. Why do I still put up with Anderson? This is the real <laughs> is the real question. Um, Anderson is my co-host on the Film Vault. He's my sidekick on the Film Vault, and uh, Anderson. I think I think what makes okay, assuming the show works. I think what makes the show work is that we're so different. Um, uh, I think we bring a different point of view to a lot of movies and a lot and a lot of life in general. Um, we agree on a lot of things, but we disagree on more things. And so I think that's uh, part of the charm of the show is that we, you know, it's not a manufacturer. We, uh, I, I, I think we used to talk about it when you were on the Corolla show, but like the annoying morning show thing where it's like, I think that thing rules. I think it sucks, dude. And it's like, you just have to take that opposing point of view. Uh, I feel like Anderson and I genuinely have opposing point of views a lot of the time. And we, we, when we do match up, then you know it's an opinion you can, you can try Let's uh, quickly do just me or everyone. I don't have anything. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? I would have prepped some. I'm sorry. I, I should have. Any. I should Dang. have. I should have. No JMOs. Let's see. Dustin Davis, when the podcast ends, I imagine credits, a pulled back camera shot showing everyone still chatting a la TV news endings. It's 100% just you. I could, I think other people probably imagine that. Oh, I th- I, I, but I thought it was just you, me, and this guy. Okay. We, we think other people probably think that way. Oh yeah, we can, we can. Okay. We can project. Yeah, we can. You're right. Other people probably think that way. Maybe it's, maybe we should just say, no, yeah. It's I just think, literally. Just right. You. But it's not, but it's not, it's not you. Us. Right. Uh, let's see here. Sooner Magic says, I'm fine with hairs and fingernails attached to the body. Once they're separated, they become disgusting. It is interesting. I don't encounter bits of fingernails. Yeah, that's pretty rare. Where do you trim your fingernails? Uh, well, I file them for the most part, but if I do, it would be in the bathroom. I do mine outside, like in the back, in the the street, (laughs) in the, uh, in the backyard. Because you don't, because you're not confident that you can get them into the wastebasket. Yeah, they, they, they fly everywhere. I mean, they, they kind of go everywhere. So yeah. I just do them outside on the on the on the patio on, do the, you on the backyard. Scissors or clippers? Clip? Can you use scissors? Yeah, you, there's little nail scissors. No. Yeah. No clippers all the way. Because I actually, despite saying normally I file, I did recently use clippers, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm really 
ham-fisted with clippers. I much prefer if I if I have if if filing's not going to take care of it, I would much prefer a little scissors. Okay. Yeah, it takes a uh, it takes a regularity to get re- to get uh, good with the with the clippers. Yeah. So it's not something you do regularly. Um I don't get I don't get free maybe cuz it's I lost my hair at a young age. I don't get freaked out by seeing a hair. Like I do, I I know a lot of people do and so mm-hmm. it's definitely not just you, but I'm in the minority where I don't really get freed maybe in my food at a restaurant i might be like it's a little gross but even then i'm more prone to just take the hair out unless it's a long hair that's weaved in but if it's just a <laughs> hair um i'm more apt to, more apt to just like right, toss that aside the problem with the long fingernails are a little weird and gross because that's an invasion hair hair uh, i imagine is accidental whereas the fingernails is yours being careless and sloppy and frankly a little bit rude with the hair that's woven into your food mm-hmm. the problem is if you pull it it might break the hair. Yeah. Oh. Does hair break? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is cause, this is a bald man question. So I shed hair all the time and especially after having a baby. Oh, yeah. Because you grew a bunch of hair probably. And you yes. Doing the, yeah. yeah. So frequently I will find, I don't feel good about it. Elliot will have like a hair of mine mm. stuck to his face or in his mouth or something. And then I pull and I think that must feel so awful for him. Right. That like tickly icky feeling of someone pulling a hair out of your mouth. Do you guys curse around Elliot? Yes. It probably won't. We probably won't for, for always. Okay. Cause we, we are, we are me especially, but both of us very, very filthy mouth around Tessa. And I guess getting to the point now where you can tell she is, you can tell she's in that, period of life where she's absorbing things around right. her. I don't think she, she's at the point now where she start repeating things, but it's imminent. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a do or die moment of stop cursing or what the fuck are you going to do? My, I don't know what to do. My friends have a toddler and it's a couple and she, and he imitates everything. Mm-hmm. So they're really trying to not curse uh, around him. Um, that's a boy thing though, isn't it? To be a little mischievous like that? Maybe. Maybe hope, it is. I, I just know that now... <laughs> this is so sweet. Like, he's heard his dad so much that now when something good happens, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> your baby. friend? Yeah. That's the baby. No, no, but your friend but, is the dad yeah, who, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, I like but, that a lot. That's but funny. he says it in, like, toddler speaks. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Supposedly, one of Christy's very first words was asshole. She said it from the back of the uh, car seat where her mom used to curse all the time in traffic. So Tess is born into it. That's so cute, I think. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. Ray Morgan, just mirror everyone, have to focus after saying brewery, or I pronounce oh, it brewery. Yep. Um, yes, I. Yes, and um, uh, the uh, I needed speech therapy after radiation for a long time. Like uh, my speech was really messed up. You think I'm marble mouth now? You should have seen me back in 2009. But uh, yes, words like brewery that have um, uh, repeating. Uh, repeating um, what's the word uh, consonants like repeat, repeated mm-hmm. uh, letter sounds or vowel sounds um, are trip me up all the time like if I was say like uh, um, a little affair you know that's something I say all the time but you know <laughs> right. li- uh, the repeated sound little mm-hmm. you know brewery like I really have to enunciate or else I'm like little affair brewery because right. th- th- those uh, those are difficult for the tongue um, what goes on in speech therapy um, mouth exercises like oh wow, uh, you know, major stretching of the tongue. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, a lot of uh, super slow enunciations, but a lot of mouth exercises, a lot of uh, stretching out the jaw and lips and tongue and all that stuff. When you, it's part physical, part uh, uh, you know, uh, repetition. Yeah, repetition. Yes, yeah, the word. When you first heard how you sounded, 
uh, was that shocking to you? What do you mean? When you first heard yourself slurring. Oh, well, no, that had happened before you were even diagnosed, right? That was one of the, kind of. of the symptoms. It's funny. Well, um, it was that you, you got no, real drunk real fast. Right? Yeah. I got real, uh, the slurring definitely was after it was during and after treatment. Um, it was shock. It was, I was also, like I said, I was like, I've said before, I was in the weeds, like every single minute of my life I was with me. So it was a slow evolution, slow for the course of like a month or two. So it wasn't shocking. It was more depressing. Uh, but it would be shocking because sometimes in um, speech therapy, they record you mm-hmm. and like tell you back. And that was like, Oh Jesus Christ. And I also did the podcast a number of times where I was really slurry and really bad. And early on, probably around when you started, I'd get all the compliments from people saying like, wow, you really sound, you're sounding so much better. You're sounding so much better. I've never gone back and listened to those. I don't think I ever could go back and listen to those. That's just soul crushing to know, uh, you know, how, how difficult just that's it. That's a microcosm how difficult everyday life was for me. Right. Right. I couldn't express myself, you know, and that's ostensibly what I did for a living. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, back Lisa to the, Marie back to the Allen. happiness. Back to the mirth. <laughs> yeah. Lisa Marie Allen says, think of random scenarios and practice reacting because I panic on the spot. Example, defending a public breastfeeding mom, gossip, etc. Oh, um, I was gonna. I was on board with her until she got into the sort of, sort of social justice warrior kind of thing where you're defending someone else or you're right. sticking up for someone. I would never do that. That feels weird unless it was like literally like a black person not being allowed, you know, at the counter of a 1963 Mississippi diner. But uh, yes, I do rehearse uh, often, you know, conversations or interactions, Mm -hmm. uh, situations in my head. Yes. I do too, but it's not deliberate. It's that I'll all of a sudden find myself in the middle of... Thinking about how this might go. Yeah, recreating something. Like, boy, better be prepared for this conversation. Right. It's more like, oh... I'm thinking about this. How's this going to go? And then lastly, Jen says, and similar ones have come up before. I put water on my toothbrush before and after applying toothpaste. I just do it before. I feel like if you do it after, you're going to knock the toothpaste off your toothbrush. But there are some people who don't even put water on before. They go dry? That's insane. But That's actually, insane. we have a friend of mine explaining why he doesn't. Okay. More importantly, uh, wh- do you floss? Yes. Do you do mouthwash? No. Okay. But you brush? Yes. I do I do floss, mouthwash, and brushing, and it's a very important you do it in the right order. What is the order? See, I think I, f- I think I do the flossing and brushing order wrong. I've been, I've been told by a friend I do it wrong. You brush first? I do. That is wrong. Why? Uh, flossing gets rid of those chunks of food, those bits of food, those little thing, little particulates, maybe in small ones in between your teeth, and clears the way for the other things, in my case, mouthwash and toothbrush, in your case, toothbrush, toothpaste, in your case, toothpaste, to do what toothpaste does. as fluoride, it needs to get in there right. and like, affect the gums and affect the in between the teeth. Right. And then also what Greg Heller suggested was that if you're flossing after, you're like rubbing away any good residual effect they do say i I think this is a minor thing they do say not to like rinse out with water afterwards because you will like wash away some of the toothpaste that's supposed to be there doing its toothpaste thing right i think you're getting more benefit from the actual brushing but what chance it you should floss first 
trying to think why I don't. My mouth is full of wetness. That's my friend. Ex- that's my friend Dustin explaining why he doesn't, doesn't do wet water. the toothbrush. I don't wet the toothbrush. I do. I, do, I wet the toothbrush. I, I have the vibrating toothbrush, the electric oh, one. Yeah, me too. Stick it under the thing. Give it a quick vibration under the water because who knows what particulates, dust, fecal matter, all sorts of things have gotten on that toothbrush in the ensuing twelve hours since I last brushed or whatever mm-hmm. it's been. So give it a quick rinse, then do a little bit of water. The oh bristles my God, I don't vibrate it under the water. Oh, I guess that. I should. The bristles. I might are, have taken a poop on it. The bristles are. Are such the bristles are such that they will trap a certain amount of water in there so just rinse it you know put yeah. a little bit beforehand and do the toothpaste and you're good to go i don't understand the water afterwards no just to get it extra lathered gilding up. the lily um lily is another one yeah, yeah and another one you said it so clearly thanks how's clearly clearly is fine uh, eh, it's it's finer than than the trouble words it's kind of in between but clearly i can i can clearly say you guys, someone's we gotta. At, someone's in my front door. Should we tell you who it is? Yeah. This ought to be good. This is a good pod. Let's see if I can talk to him. I have the ring video doorbell. It's wonderful. Who's my front door? Get out. Let me know when it's good pod again. Uh, oh, it's a missed ring. No, it's a guy in a yellow vest, so I have to assume. Oh, he dropped off the package. All right, there you go. We're good. That was very worth it. It was satisfying. Here's the thing, you guys. We've got to end the show. So in case you're you're wondering why I floss before, you're going to just have to tune into another episode <laughs> when I really... Uh, Change you know, your wayward ways. Yeah, when I really figure out why it is. I think it has to do with fear of dislodging, like, just chunks and stuff. Then again, when you're brushing and a chunk gets loose, that's disgusting, too. I'm but, really not a fan of, like, chunks in your mouth. But wait, why... So you should want to floss first if you're if you're afraid of dislodging chunks because the brushing, rinsing, spitting process will flush all of that. That's the that's the final. I know. So it's weird. I don't know. I like I've really got to do some soul searching here, <laughs> Brian. It was so nice seeing I you agree. again, having the best, you on the show. It was great to see you. It was great to see Jeff. It was a treat to meet little uh, Elliot and uh, my best to Daniel. Is what? What is? We'll talk off the air. I don't know what he's up to these days. I want to hear all about him, get the update. I will fill you in. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Brian, where can they find you? What should they look out for, et cetera? Um, just uh, if, you want, if you're tickled by my, uh, by my, my whimsical observations, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at BaldBrian or Instagram if you want to see pictures of the adorable Tessa uh, at BaldBrian. Brian with a Y, of course. And uh, yeah, you'll see lovely pictures of my daughter and uh, silly things that I decide are interesting. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And follow me on Instagram at Allison Rosen. Jeff, where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen.